everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Global Shop Solutions ERP Software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined also by the great Cooper Klein, the wonderful Stone Hanson. We are here to talk about some uh, an interesting group of guys, I guess. Um, these were freshmen who maybe underperformed for some, but are all in this draft and all have different levels of intrigue. I'm very excited to get to them. There's a lot of guys who have been, I don't want to say overhated, but a lot of guys who have been kind of brushed off by those who don't follow the draft super intently because they're, they had bad freshman season. And lots of times people only follow college, right? Like there's a lot of draft people who right around this time of year are getting into it and they only know like the college stuff. They don't know the pre-college stuff or, you know, there's a lot of guys who don't do international scouting really. So there's some intrigue here. I'm interested to talk about it, but before we get too into these guys and, and what we think of them, Coop, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, had a had a bright early start today, so I could go work out before work. But it was all worth it because today at work, I uh, you know who came into my job today was Greg Monroe. He came in with uh, with his partner, I assume, and he came up and he was there's this like giant like the menu like right above my like right it's basically at eye level for me, and so I like lean down to like look at people sometimes. And so I'm standing there trying to look up at Greg Monroe and he's not even like bending over. He's just like standing there staring down at me. And he is massive, huge, huge dude. Uh, but I, I poured him a kombucha and I, and I took his order today. So it was a, it was a pretty good day. You know, funny story. I was back home this weekend for my brother's graduation. And I was playing 2K16 with my little brother. And Greg Monroe was the best overall player on the Bucks in that game. I dropped like a 30 piece with him. Like I was like all post up over the left. That game was wild, man. That's still, was another I, I just time. played it though. And I'm like, the physics in this game are so much better than they are in fucking. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, cause there's so much is. less, uh, there's so much less animation. Based. It's, yeah. It's, it's there's, just it's like, like stuff just happens. I don't know that. Like I, I really enjoyed it though. Like burst does not matter. Like I could not get by anyone with Giannis. Like, and this was not like, horrible y'all this was we knew Giannis was a player anyways stone my friend now that now that you're back here from uh your, your little side quest how you doing uh good quest is completed mission complete um i'm uh doing well had a uh a recovery day after a long weekend of um uh, celebrating my friend's graduation uh came back today and graded a bunch of film for this pod uh but it was good to sort of um wait sleep in today and and slowly wake up uh and then get back to the grind so grind never stops we're built different uh excited to get to this pod today yeah graduations days are special i I actually did want to shout out my brother uh dayton who graduated high school super proud of you buddy and uh much love from us here at upside swings uh it's it's a bigger accomplishment than you realize it really is so much love to you uh, you're the best man. Uh, and speaking of dudes who graduated high school and, uh, you know, hopefully flamed out in a, in a way that, that Dayton won't, um, let's, let's move on to some, uh, somewhat disappointing, but still interesting college freshmen. Um, and we're going to start with Patrick Baldwin Jr. So PBJ, uh, obviously had a rough, had a rough freshman season. 
Um, he was the fifth ranked recruit coming out of high school. There were some who had who believed in him top five, like that he was really a top five talent uh, coming into this year. Guys I respect, guys I know. Um, I was not quite there, but I did have him as like a lottery type uh, coming into the year. And, and the he played 11 games uh, with University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. He averaged 11.9 points per game on 34, 26, 74 shooting splits, about 5.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists to 2.1 turnovers. The advanced stats are really nothing to write home about. Again, it's only 11 games, so take them for what you will. 3.1 block rate is nice. 1.6 steal rate for a 6'10 guy, pretty nice as well. Uh, basically, even assist to turnover rate, nothing special on the rebound rates. Obviously, awful, awful efficiency. Um, he did the draft combine, and there was some disappointment with the athletic testing, though. I, I don't know what people expected. Like, you can watch his high school tape. It's not like he was jumping that high in high school. Like, his athleticism has never been the type that you can just sort of measure in a combine setting, but he did come in at a honestly kind of surprising six, nine point and six, nine and a quarter without shoes uh, with a seven, one and three quarters wingspan. I mean, he's like, that's like center sized. That's like almost not quite the wingspan, but like, that's like about the height of like Orlando Robinson or, um, I think uh, that's like the height of Christian Coloco even like he's big he was big uh, and, and that does matter when we're talking about his projection um, so I think the place I want to start was with the UW Milwaukee context and um, I, I mean this you know with, with, with no disrespect towards players in or anything or uh, you know only a certain amount of disrespect towards towards uh, Pat Baldwin the coach uh, Pat Baldwin Jr.'s dad, who was the head coach at Milwaukee, but um, this was the worst context I've ever seen any uh, player in, like straight, like like any draftable player in, really ever. I mean, Shaden Sharp's EYBL context was better than this. Uh, I really, truly believe that. Um, and that shouldn't be a surprise. Like people like kind of hate on EYBL and then you realize like, oh, this EYBL team was made up of like four first round picks. Well, maybe it wasn't that, you know, maybe it wasn't that bad actually, but like, you know, like Shannon did not play on a good EYBL team. And it's still like, I thought was more conducive to success than this team. Uh, no one was a high level passer. Um, no one could create advantages. Very few good shooters. There were always, you know, about two people kind of just meandering around. Um, the offense was just a mess. There were no plays run that worked. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. was never weaponized to take advantage of his obvious advantages over uh, Horizon League talent. And then eventually he got hurt and missed the rest of the season. We never got to see him kind of climb out of that hole. Um, it was rough. It was rough to see. Um, and I just think that it's important to understand that, to, to put that in perspective, that there's more to Patrick Baldwin Jr. than what was on the University of Milwaukee tape. And, you know, that just take me to like FIBA stuff. I thought he was a very impressive player in FIBA. You know, he shot all right. He, uh, I think we'll talk about the defense, but I think that's the best his defense ever looked was in FIBA. Um, the high school stuff, you got to see him do a lot of different things. Um, and, and we'll talk about all that in, in conjunction. Uh, you know, we're not going to go through each context, but I just want to say like, you have to evaluate PBJ with more than just the the college context but that does take me to the shooting and the scoring so Coop I'm going to throw this to you focusing on the shooting first what did you kind of think of, of Patrick Baldwin as a, as a shooter well aesthetically it's very weird uh because he like turns kind of sidewaysy uh and like 
throws his hips out. He does that a lot, just like movement wise, like not just as a shooter, like a lot of his movements are really weird. And it's just him throwing out his hip, trying to clip somebody. Uh, but he's like a solid off ball mover as a shooter rises out of the corner, understands angles. Uh, it just seems like contests do not matter. Uh, to him as a shooter because he's so big he doesn't get that high but his like release is pretty high uh i mean some of the shots he attempted at every single level are absolutely wild like just at like utter insanity um and the some of the misses reflect that i think like he, he had a whole like massive variety of misses there were there were short there was long there was hard there was soft there were air balls on spot up attempts. It was, uh, it was really, it was weird for someone who like, I don't know. He just feels like he's a better shooter, but you look at the numbers just cause he's not bothered by contests. You'd feel like he would be a better shooter. Um, but the numbers aren't particularly like, Oh, this guy is an elite elite shooter. He's just like, the numbers don't super pop. They're good for sure. But they're not even that like, FIBA and at high school levels, they're not uh, blow you, blow you away. Kind of good. Uh, And that's, oh wait. No, I was just going to say, it's important to note that like when you're looking at stats for lower levels, it's pretty rare, even like very good shooters shoot above 40% in high school. Like there's a reason people tout that like, like Adrian Griffin Jr. shooting 40% over four years across his high school and EYBL career is like insanely impressive. It's because like, you don't see it a ton. Not that, again, not, that's not to say you're wrong about, I, I think this jumper has always been more, um, slightly more theoretical than actual. Uh, I think it looks really good. You, you know, you kind of mentioned that funk, but I just think like the energy transfer is perfect. It's smooth. Um, he's comfortable. He can't really hit it moving left, but if he's moving to his right, he's really good. Um, solid off one twos and, and occasionally hops. He needs to get a little better at that. Again, I think that's partially because he kind of has that KD wind up. He's not as comfortable hopping two feet and then doing that. Um, but I think he's going to shoot. My my worries are not that he's not going to shoot. I think there's a question of how good that shooting is and, and what level of versatility it can be. So Stone, I want to throw that to you. What do you think kind of the versatility on that jumper might be? Um, I mean, I think that there's room for optimism in terms of the versatility but like cooper is saying i think he's being billed as this sort of elite shooter and he's not that um even regarding the uh collegiate level if you go back to high school tape and stuff there's misses that are like pretty wide open for patrick baldwin jr considering his height and considering the contest uh the level of contest that he was facing and there's shots that are just like again what he showed in college which are just like uh wide short left right strong like there's a lot of misses that are just uh very bad misses um and that's typically not something you see from like an elite shooter which is what Baldwin's sort of being billed as even at the lower levels that he played in um I think that there's room for optimism for him like coming off screens and stuff but it's just not consistent enough for me to buy that at a particularly high level um I think that contextually with college, yes, that's like a lot of it. The struggles in that regard can be, uh, you, you can sort of make a case that it, it's a lot to do with the team that he was playing because he's very much an off-ball guy. Like I, I will get into it more, but I don't think he's really sort of any on-ball threat 
as a as a uh, scorer. There's flashes here and there of like he can create space for himself on the perimeter and get a shot, and it looks cool. But for the most part, he's an off-ball guy, and on a team that doesn't have any dribbling, any shooting, uh, or any passing, uh, it's very difficult for him to be able to break through and uh, look any better than he did this season without that around him. Uh, so even when you do go back though to to pre-college stuff. Um, there's just not a lot that, that really pops in terms of like elite scorer or shooter. Um, there's good flashes. Like there's really nice stuff there where he can come off a screen uh, and like Cooper saying, contests do not matter with Patrick Baldwin Jr., which is always important for shooters. But uh, at the same time, he's just not this elite knockdown shooter that even somebody that or a couple guys we'll talk about after him, I think are. Uh, and, and Patrick Baldwin just isn't that. And without that, I don't think there's a lot of ancillary things to his game that really uh, elevate him as a prospect. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a more than fair read. Um, I, I I think that he's going to hit spot ups like a really high level at the next level. I think he can be like a a 38, 39, 40 percent catch and shoot shooter. And when you're six nine, six ten, like that has its value in and of itself, um, especially because I, I think he can. Uh, like the footwork on his jumpers is never the issue. I think he could get to a point where he's comfortable off um, kind of pick and pop stuff. Like, like he can be a pick and pop big or a, you know, a DHO. Like they're so worried about the guard. He takes one step in and, and shoots that shot. I'm with you that the pull just isn't there. Like he just does not bring the ball up through his release that quick. Like he just, again, it's kind of that Katie pickup, but it's not as smooth and swift as Katie. It's a bit more of a, kind of labored step in while you're kind of winding that up and then push it through. It's just like, it's not conducive to, to pull up shooting or step back shooting. And that stuff has never looked good in his tape to me. He'll occasionally, I thought the sidestep, like, especially uh, it popped to me when I was watching him play for team hero um, that like that, the sidestep three looked good. But other than that, like if he dribbled, like, and the, the three did not look good, he gets some turnaround minis that way, but that's not like, that's not going to be his game in the NBA. So I'm with you that I don't think the shooting versatility is like elite. He's not really like, he's not like, like a movement shooter either. Again, six ten guys rarely, rarely are. I think he can hit some off white movement going to his right. Um, he can maybe run off some, some pin downs, like on the left wing, get up into that or stuff like that. But um, I think he's a bet to shoot. I don't think he's a bet to be an elite shooter. Um, so that does kind of take me to the ancillary offense and, and scoring. Uh, I had these separated, but I think I'll just combine them. Uh, I really enjoyed the Patrick Baldwin Jr. passing uh, consistently throughout his career. Uh, but I will say that the scoring is just not there. So kind of deciding what he is, is, is a bit difficult. So Cooper, I'm going to throw that to you. What did you think of sort of the non-shooting scoring uh and his passing, how do you think those combined? And what do you think he kind of is from a positional standpoint? It's kind of weird because the touch isn't great as a finisher. Uh, was not like my favorite. But then there's moments where he's able, like it seems like a, he just struggles a lot to as a, as a scorer outside of shooting. But then there's other moments where he just kind of moves and it feels like he accidentally finds himself with a wide open basket. Um, and it's just it's a, it's a really, really weird experience. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan because it doesn't feel like he's consistently creating advantages in that way, but sometimes he just stumbles into them. But uh, the passing, I thought the interior passing was kind of 
like that that was one that was one of the two parts of his passing it was really impressive I think that he didn't super use his length but it was a lot about just oh I see this and it's really quickly making a pass uh, like he just sees stuff and executes it really fast as as a driver and then the other thing is the kickout passing um, where he will drive oh there's nothing at the rim I'm gonna go to under the basket and zing it his delivery is really good no matter if he's trapped or doubled or anything he just or like even if he's at a weird angle he can sometimes like whip it over his head um and the touch there is really cool he has like great feel uh, he did jump a little bit too much as a passer in that way for my liking especially for someone who's six nine and at lower levels where you're one of like the two six nine dudes on the court yeah you shouldn't really need to be jumping like that but I think that the feel is really awesome in that way. And some of the connectory passes that he made were solid and nice and, and really fast. I think that was the best thing about his passing was the speed and the crispness and the delivery. Yeah, Stone. Yeah. Uh, passing wise, I've always liked Patrick, Patrick Baldwin Jr. in that regard. Uh, I think that he has always been a really solid passer positionally. Uh, someone that can do the connective passing. The problem for me is that he cannot handle the ball and the access to those passes is limited. Uh, I think that he would be uh, regarded as a much, much higher rated prospect uh, in this class if he were able to dribble at all, uh, because a lot of those passes would be more accessible to him. Um, but even still on the perimeter or on like these sort of uh, pseudo post-ups from the mid-range, he's able to get a lot of passes to cutters. Um, but on the rare occasion that his team in, in college at least was cutting because there's pretty much no off-ball movement there. But um, if he uh, was able to find a guy, he usually would. Um, there's not a lot of passes, like potential passes that were there that he missed. Um, I think that he's overall just a really solid passer. Um, in terms of the scoring, apart from the shooting, not a lot there. Um, I think that he he loves that sort of free throw mid-range turnaround. Um loves to get that shot off in to his credit, I think is pretty solid at it. Uh, he has to me, uh, I thought his touch was pretty decent. Um, the problem for me is he's not a very versatile finisher. Um, he, there's not a lot of versatility in terms of when contact is coming towards him or there's any sort of resistance at the rim. I don't think that he can adjust in there at all, at all to, um, to benefit uh, and finish that play. I don't think that he creates really any advantages um, as an on-ball guy. Uh, again, he just has zero handle. So without that, there's just a lot that he's not able to do. Um, and I think he's limited to really being sort of this connective passer and strong shooter. Um, and I think he's got to be a really, really like elite shooter to be um, regarded as high as some people have him. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I did enjoy the passing a lot, I think, um, just generally, and we'll get into this on defense too. I think he's a pretty high field player. I think he reads the floor well. He makes quick enough decisions. Again, accessing high-level passes is hard, and we're going to get to that with someone else too uh, that we'll talk about where it's like um, accessing the high-level passes can be difficult, but I think the connective stuff is, is really solid. Um, not a ball stopper when he's playing with good talent, uh, did ball stop a little bit in Milwaukee because there were times, I mean, there were so many times he'd move the ball and then he'd cut and just would not get reward. Oh, it was so frustrating. Um, unbelievably frustrating. Um, but I think 
Uh, his transition passing is really good. I love the touch on his passes. I think overall it's like a valuable skill set. And again, like if he can be a higher level shooter, that's a super valuable thing to bring to the table is your 6'10, you can shoot and pass. Like that that's worth something. You know, even if you're not going to be a ball handler, even if you're not a um a, a traditional file like like i think there's lineups where you you weaponize him as the screener he can do some stuff in the short roll he can pop he can he can't really roll like obviously that's an issue if you're playing him at the five is zero rim gravity and that's another issue of mine with his is he's just a bad finisher for someone of his size like the touch isn't great it's not horrible but like it's not great um he, he struggles with contact and he, he's just not very athletic. Like he just can't really get up off the floor at all. Um, he's for someone who's six ten, he's kind of a below the rim finisher and that's a bit of an issue, right? It, it's hard. That that's difficult. Um, I will say something I did like about his offense. I think he's actually like really fluid. Um, obviously the handle has its issues, but like when he's running in transition or, uh, when he is attacking a closeout, like I think he's pretty fluid and athletic for a six ten guy in that way. Obviously, like I mentioned, like the explosion isn't there, the burst isn't there, but I think in terms of like straight line speed, it's okay. I think um, his ability to shift his weight from one foot to the other is really solid. Uh, just a lot of like fluid movements like that that I think are really good. It pops in transition, it pops again attacking closeouts, and even occasionally. Like in an isolation situation, it, it pops that he can vary his stride length and, and step around someone or how quick he can flip like his hip to the other side on a spin move. Just like little things like that really pop to me. And I think it shows up even more on defense. So, Coop, I'm going to throw this to you. What did you think of Patrick Baldwin Jr.'s overall defensive profile? Uh, I thought he was... I liked how he read what was going on. I didn't always like his reaction or ability to react um it's it's he's kind of an interesting case in in my mind of just how much can you operate off a feel and without any of the tools to to kind of be a a really solid defender um he's kind of got a like he's he's really he's just slow like that's that's kind of like the only way to describe him is that he does not move very quickly he's fluid in the way you're describing but how valuable is fluid movement at that size if you are one of the slowest players on the floor at all times? Um, I thought the motor ran kind of slow on the defensive end. Uh, that also just could have been just him normally moving. Um, he gets caught ball watching quite a bit. And the reaction time is a little bit slow for what you would want it to be. Um, it's just wasn't my favorite. He had some nice weak side rim protection moments, but it, a lot of it was in uh, FIBA against smaller players and teams. It disappeared against bigger comp and, and better players. Uh, he, I will say his closeouts are really hard. Like he out there on closeouts uh, and run guys off the line and like, I, that, it was really impressive stuff. There's a lot of fake rotating in there as well, but that could also just be he's too slow to actually make the rotation. It's kind of hard to like actually know what he's doing. There are a few, he gets dusted a little bit too much for my liking. Uh, but like I said, I like, I like his scram defense. I like how he moves. I like some of the flashes in there, but 
it's just there's so many little things that need so much fixing and it's so hard when you're the level of athlete that he is so i came away quite a bit different in vibe than you i suppose i i agree that in certain tape there's a lot of ball watching and a lot of aloofness but uh, i thought a lot of that was at uh, milwaukee and i, I just I, I'm not going to take too much away from him defensively for Milwaukee, to be honest. But I thought I, more of the, the ball watching was FIBA. Interesting. Really? I, I he, he ball watched a little bit. He did like, and, and like, I didn't I, love that, I, but I will say, I think it was, for me, it was ball watching with the purpose of trying to make plays, not just ball watching, like taking plays off, I suppose. So like, I guess that's different. But then also like, I, I didn't take anything defensively from Milwaukee other than, like a lot of the, he would have moments where there's high effort and like what I was talking about with the closeouts, but like him just sitting there on a lot of possessions and ball watching at Milwaukee, I do not care. Your teammates are getting dusted like 14 times a possession. I do not give a single fuck what your team defense looks like in that concept, on, in that context, right? It's, it's going back to the understanding context thing, but uh, everything I'm talking about is mostly FIBA and at high school level. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair. Um, I I love how he plays as the low man. Um, I really think his his rotations around the rim are, are crisp and solid. And again, that fluidity pops for me when he is kind of uh, running around like shorter closeout. Like it's harder for him to make like long closeouts because again, like he is big and and obviously he's not a screen nav guy. But I I think. Um, the defense around the rim is really solid. I think his timing and, and use of his length is really good. Uh, I love how he just, I, I love how he sees the floor, even if he's not always executing it, but like, I think he is generally trying to make plays and I think he sees pathways to do it. Well, um, he just struggles to execute it sometime. And, and I think I'd rather take that. Like he, he has the mindset to make plays and the ability to read the floor and rein that in and get him a bit more technically sound uh, because I think that's where some of his issues come in. He's just a bit of like, like either over eager or sometimes it seems under eager, but I think he's just kind of, he, he sometimes makes just the wrong read. Like I understand what he's doing, but it just ends up being like the wrong type of read. Like, um, like he'll, he'll zone up the weak side and he's going to try and jump a pass and he kind of jumps the wrong pass and he's halfway stunted the wrong way. So then he has to recover out like little things like that look rough for him. But I think there's some, some upside there, uh, especially again, if he's playing as a four or five where you keep him around the rim and his rotations can look crisp and he's not forced to do a lot of things. And I think that fluidity, you know, I think he's all right laterally. And I think he's specifically really solid, um, like, like kind of swiveling his hips when needed. He can he can drop step his hips pretty well. Even if he's not quick, he he at least has that where he can contain. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff with him potentially as a five defensively, where he is big and tall with long arms, not super like explosive again. Like he's not going to be making a ton of plays at the at the rim like as a shot blocker, but I think he can um, cover. Uh, he can, he can cover things in rotation. And I think he has the mobility to be potentially scheme versatile, not to a switch like level probably, but to a point where he can be a little higher up on the screen, recover that type of stuff. Like I think there's some, some real stuff to be worked with there. So I came away fairly positive on his defense. Um, Coop, obviously you weren't super negative, but stone, 
are, are you kind of where where do you think you're more leaning towards overall uh i think i probably lean closer to coop where uh i'm a little bit more pessimistic i thought that overall he's not like he didn't come across at least on film as like a complete liability uh but i thought he was to me, he seemed very inconsistent. There's times where I think you get a hand on the ball, uh, get a stop. Uh, and then there's other times where he's um, just not very engaged and not able to uh, be much of a factor as a help defender. Um, to put sort of the athleticism concerns into perspective, uh, I have some some numbers here. Um, so out of the, in the shuttle run, he came in uh 45th out of 50 guys ranked um as a in the shuttle run he was 47th out of 50 guys ranked in the three-quarter sprint he was 50th out of 51 guys uh at the standing vert um and his standing vert was 23 and a half inches not great uh 51st out of 51st uh of mac in the max vert with a 26 inch vertical and then 50th out of 51st from the lane agility so in basically every category, he's in the bottom five of all uh, measurements, uh, athletic measurements tested at the combine. So very poor athlete in general. Um, and I think he was okay across film. So between those two factors, I'm not overly optimistic in terms of what he can be defensively. Yeah, interesting. I, I suppose we'll see. Um, I, I just came away, I think, overall more positive than you guys on Patrick Baldwin Jr., I did want to ask you one thing, uh, just to pose it to both of y'all. But Bryce, you're talking about him as a, like you like his rotations around the rim, his mobility and how he does that. And I did too, right? But it was mostly whenever he didn't have to move much. I really liked him when he was able to like move in limited space and not have to like cover ground from the opposite block. It's like an actively, I like it whenever he was just able to kind of rim protect and not actively like from the weak side rim protect, if that makes sense. Uh, I thought whenever he had to rotate over from the weak block, from the, from the weak side, he looked a lot less uh, engaged and able to actually affect plays. He, I did like how he would, when he wasn't in a play, he would box out and get rebounds, but I worry about his weak side rim protection with his limited athleticism at the NBA level. Uh, I just wanted to see what y'all thought about that because it's, I, I agree with you where the rotations are good, but if the athleticism is so limiting at lower levels, I'm worried about it at the NBA level. I'm with you. And that's where my argument comes in that I think he should maybe be looked at as a five on defense. Like I think my ideal role for him would be five on defense, four on offense type. Um, and we've seen those guys have value. I mean, uh, obviously, super high level, but like that's kind of Miles Turner, you know, more or less. Uh, probably not now that Sabonis is gone, but that's kind of what he had to do, and he did that admirably. And um, I think he can be a straight-up five. Like, again, I mentioned, I think there's some potential scheme versatility playing in the pick-and-roll. I think um, he uses his body well, his length well. I'm with you that I don't love – like, if he was on the back line, guarding a corner shooter and he had to sprint over to be there in weak side rim protection and then maybe potentially sprint back out. Don't love that. I don't think he can do that. I, I think it would be a disaster. Um, but I think, you know, uh, I've had this in my head for a while. Um, uh, Evan Zamir, when we had him on, brought up Kavon Looney. 
And I kind of see that a little bit. Like, I think the mobility is kind of similar where it's not like a leap, but it's kind of sneaky good. It's not good enough that you can switch him, but it's good enough that you can run different schemes uh, in the pick and roll. Uh, the Obviously, the bounce isn't great, but the rim protection is somehow good because the positioning length and, and strength are all there. And then the difference is that I think Patrick Baldwin Jr. is a solidly better um, shooter. Now, obviously, he's... Kevon Looney is, uh, is would be a high bar for Patrick Baldwin Jr. to reach. He's the starting center on a potential champion, um, and he's been a good player for a while. I, I'm happy Kevon is finally getting his flowers. But like I think what I'm getting at with that is I think Baldwin's ideal defensive role is as the five uh, in a, with a team that could use someone who's coverage versatile and doesn't need a five who has to cover everything up at all times. Like you, like obviously he can't be your straight rim protector like a Rudy Gobert and have you be a good defense. But if you're playing in, if you're a team that can use him as a coverage versatile guy who's gonna do some hedging, do some uh, get closer to the level of the screen, not just pure deep drop. I think he can pull all that off. So uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of Baldwin as a five, and I think as a four I'd have some more worries. But I think he can still be passable. I think the rotations on the perimeter are fine too but I, I would really like him, I think, as a five. Uh, Stone, think, go ahead. I think I agree with you in terms of him being optimal as a five. Where I sort of disagree is a, I think with Looney, he's much better in terms of the footwork on the perimeter. I think Patrick Baldwin's footwork on the perimeter is actually pretty bad. Um, I thought there were a lot of times he got blown by. Uh, he didn't have a lot of good like pre-positioning to make up for the lack of athleticism. Um, I bring it up all the time, but guys like Jeremiah Robinson Earl does that very well, where he's just not a good athlete, but he's able to really pre-position and get into stances that sort of mitigate that. And I don't think Patrick Baldwin Jr. is that. Without that, um, I think there's a lot of room for him to be hunted on the perimeter in like playoff circumstances or, or certain matchups uh, and just get taken to the rim because I don't think he's uh, a good enough athlete to recover, uh, but I also don't think he has really the the foot speed to keep up or the the footwork to stay in front of guys so uh i agree that staying as a five uh is probably the optimal situation for him defensively because it mitigates a lot of that um but i think the reason i agree with you that he's a five is different than the reason that you like him as a five fair enough i mean i think uh i i think we'll wrap up where we feel about him I think it's pretty clear who's high on him, who's not, and who's kind of in the middle. So we'll wrap up who we feel, how we feel about it when we get to the rankings. But I will move on to the next guy on our list, and that's Michigan State's Max Christie. Um, Christie was, I think, around 21 in the RFCI rankings. There were some who were a big fan of it. There were some who had him lottery coming in. Um, I was not. I've never been a Christie guy. Uh, we'll discuss whether or not that changed. Um, but Christie, you know, uh, what did enough for himself to attend the combine played in a lot of games. I think that's something that he does have going for him. Started 35 of 35 games for Michigan state played 30 minutes a night, despite not putting up the best numbers, never lost sort of the trust of old head Tom Izzo. Um, and as for his combine measurements came in at six, four and a quarter with a six, eight and three quarters wingspan. So there's something there. Maybe, I mean, he's, Probably more two size than three size. Something I've talked about uh, a little bit here and there is that part of why I think like part of the evidence that this draft is is not as good as past drafts is who we're considering like th like potential threes. Like usually your threes measure in barefoot 
six five six six right like those are guys you consider threes and in this class there's a lot of dudes who are six four and a half and we're kind of squinting and being like well are are they threes though like and that's kind of max christie now max christie's two size he's a bigger two for what that's worth but he's a two he's basically a, a little smaller than clay thompson if you want to think of it that way um but as for his stats, you know, put up 9.3 points per game on 38, 31.7, 82.4 shooting. Um, he, you know, 3.5 rebounds per game, 1.5 assists, 1.5 turnovers. Uh, advanced stats don't really pop, only a point or a 1% steal rate, a 1.7% block rate, uh, kind of worrying. Um, not great rebounding numbers, 13% turnover rate to 8% assist rate and uh, 49% true shooting. Nothing really statistically pops about Christie other than the fact that he, um, you know, he, he played minutes on a good team uh, and, and um, well, not that good of a team, I guess, but uh, an all right team this year that they made the tournament, right? And then they lost in the second round. I don't even remember. It all, it all. They lost to Duke in the second round or the first round. Who'd they beat in the first round? It doesn't matter. It doesn't really Probably matter. Probably some bum ass, bum ass team. I'll go check. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Coop. Um, but yeah, so I think that's just kind of, that's kind of the spiel on Christie. And I think the place to start is with that shooting. Um, and I think this is my biggest disconnect from most. Uh, the shot looks really good, right? It's like picture perfect form. Um, it's kind of like Devin Booker where it's like picture perfect form, but he has no track record of it being good. He was not an elite shooter in high school that struggled in college or something like someone we're going to talk about here shortly. He was someone who he's the shots aren't really falling, but Oh, well the shot looks really good. And then that's kind of what he was this year too. I don't think there's a ton of versatility there um oh davidson wasn't bad that's who they beat they beat davidson in the first round davidson wasn't bad i think i actually picked up um foster lawyer let me down um anyways uh max christie's shot is just has just never been um as good as it looked i think he really struggles off movement like he like so he has this weird thing where he has to like every time he stops he jumps into like a super wide base. Every stop for him is a jump stop and he jumps to and spreads his legs and it really kills his momentum. It's really weird. And it shows up on both ends. We'll talk about it on the defense too, but like, like it, it's, it's very weird. I tweeted about it where it's like, he's always jumping wide, two legs spread out and it limits his ability to shoot off movement by like a, like a, a, a an unreal amount. Right. Because that's not a, position he's comfortable shooting out of he just does that to stop so then he has to step in um the pull-up is very hit or miss like he has some bad misses um he could probably hit wide open spot ups at a solid rate but like i don't think the touch is very good at all i've never been impressed with the touch um the handle isn't great he doesn't you know create some separate i was just i guess for me i was very kind of unsold on the offense in general so start i'm going to throw this to you what did you think of, of Christie's overall offensive game? Yeah, uh, I'm not overly impressed. I'm a lot impressed, a lot more impressed with the the other end of the ball with him. Uh, I think that he is an okay shooter, uh, someone that um, 
like you said, probably a decent catch and shoot guy. Uh, doesn't offer a lot else. I think he's. I, I found his um, in terms of like outside the shooting. I found the passing uh, pretty solid. Um, I thought that he was uh, when he was able to get downhill, which isn't a lot because he's not uh, doesn't have a lot of handle. Uh, but when he's able to get downhill or like in transition or semi-transition, uh, he's able to find cutters. He's able, he's able to find the open guy. Um, I think that the the passing overall I was pretty uh, impressed with in general, but I think uh, he's not really much outside of a shooter. And same same thing kind of with Patrick Baldwin Jr. almost, where they're, they're good passers. Um, they're labeled as really good shooters and they're not. They're like decent shooters. Um, and they don't do a whole lot else outside of that as passers or, uh, sorry, as uh, offensive players. The difference is Patrick Baldwin Jr. is probably like six inches taller, um, and that, that makes a difference. But uh, I, I think there's certainly a three-line between the two of them in terms of what they bring uh, in a more broader sense offensively. I'll also stand pat that Patrick Baldwin Jr. is a better shooter plus the six inches. But anyways, go ahead, Coop. Uh, I was not – I. I thought the passing was fine. I like, it was good whenever he was actually able to be on the move. My biggest problem is that he is maybe my least favorite ball handler of this bunch. Uh, like legitimately he dribbles into traffic with zero plan at all times on a really well-spaced Michigan state team. If nothing else, you can't call that team poorly spaced. Uh, they ran good actions. They had good shooters basically up and down the lineup. Um, he doesn't know how to use a screen and he doesn't, he just like the handle does not create any kind of advantage. Uh, he's like pretty solidly a secondary or tertiary attacker. And I think that that was what he thrived in. He just was come off of a curl and attack out of the corner. I really liked his cutting. I thought that he had solid craft as a cutter, able to move off the ball. Um, just basically as long as he didn't have the ball in his hands, I, kind of enjoyed what he was doing. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed his finishing at the rim where uh, he was only like 40% assisted, but I thought the assisted looks were like a lot better than the unassisted looks. Uh, But like whenever he touched the ball, he would travel a lot. He would stop the ball and just like survey whenever the offense was in motion. Uh, It's just, it was really tough. Uh, It seems like there's kind of this idea that he's like, a creator of some kind and i don't i think that that's the furthest thing from reality at, at this point with with max christie I, I will say too that of the guys we're probably talking about tonight i think that he's probably my favorite off the ball mover of the bunch uh i think he's ex- that was really impressive to me like he's got amazing conditioning because he's he's never really like standing in the corner uh he's never like sort of just waiting for the ball to come to him. He is always moving around screens, cutting, doing something off ball. Um, and, you know, even if he isn't the most uh, skilled on ball guy, I think that uh, being able to to do that off ball gives me probably a little bit more op- room for optimism with him as a player as a whole, because uh, I think that being billed as this sort of catch and shoot guy, you need to be able to get yourself open. And I thought he did that at a pretty high rate. Man, I came across like way more negative in general than both you guys on just about everything. I agree the off-ball movement is fine. It doesn't matter if you can't convert. Like, and again, I don't think he can shoot off movement. 
the shot is kind of slow. It's kind of a slow load up. And it's partially because like I mentioned, like he's going to jump stop into that, into that catch every time with a wide base and then have to slide his foot over. Well, suddenly there's a contest and he's super bothered by contest. Like contest really, really mess him up. Um, it's kind of James book night esque where it's like, he's leaning away or he's just like, like, like uh, he has kind of bad shot perception. I think like, I just think there's some major issues there in general. And I, I don't think he's a good finisher. I don't think he's a very good athlete, to be honest. Like, uh, I, I don't think, like, if he's moving off the ball off cuts, like, I think you'll live with contested Max Christie layups at the next level. I, You know, he's not going to be catching lobs and throwing them down. Um, I thought that this, the, the passing was fine, but I thought he was a really slow decision maker in court mapper. Like, he didn't – he very rarely moved the ball quickly. Um, and he, it's a lot of catch, stop look, look, then make a pass. And, you know, lots of times that advantage evaporates like that when you're not moving the ball. And sometimes that stuff that can be fixed, like, but in general, like, I just didn't love how he saw the floor in in stark contrast to someone who we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I just, I came away, like, I honestly was just not at all impressed by by what he did offensively. You know, occasionally he could create a pull-up if he got a screen and, and the big was dropping, and that's cool. But like I just I don't really know what he does on offense that like is is worthwhile and and impressive and matters. So I just um, I, I just came away fairly negative on on his offense as a whole, despite some flashes. I just think on a play to play basis, he was generally a negative. Um, and if that's the case, you know you have to hope that the defense is really positive. So Coop, I'm going to throw this to you. What did you think of Max Christie's defense? I wouldn't say that it was uh, particularly. Uh, positive he's uh, uh he's too small to be like i i'll, I'll start making get small uh, he's too small to be a wing defender and too bad at point of attack to be a guard defender uh and not strong enough to be able to scale up lineups he's incredibly physically weak um not going to do another stone joke about folding uh like we did a few weeks ago but like the screen nav is bad he can't contain drivers uh, he does a lot of defending without defending where he puts his body in the right spot. And then his hands are just like sitting at his side. Um, the closeouts are meh. Uh, like if he rotates and then tries to get back out, his closeouts are either nowhere near the guy or he's completely lost his man. And he does a lot of f- like floating, but then there's also moments where when he's engaged, he's locked in off ball. He's like, understanding what he needs to do. He had, it seems like he has really high feel. Then there's a lot of moments where it just seems like he's disengaged. Uh, and he does a lot of biting at nothing. Like somebody will kind of shift their body and he way overcompensates for that. And he gets flung completely out of position. Uh, and it's just hard because he's small and physically weak and he's a three in a two's body who does not have, the strength to to be a small ball three yeah uh i i came away like basically in complete agreement i just um i I wasn't really impressed by anything the the steal and block rates are um i mean kind of atrocious if we're being honest like just not at all what you're looking for and i think that's really indicative that he's super athleticism deficient he's not a great mover uh he he doesn't have the burst to shoot passing lanes he doesn't have the explosion to make plays at the rim 
the rotations are fine. I think a lot of the field stuff you're mentioning is more um, that Tom Izzo is a good coach who who has um, a good idea of defensive rotations to cover up for um, certain uh, plays the other team is running. Um, I don't think he's like super high feel in like a scramble situation. Um, I think that uh, his his specifically, I, I enjoyed his uh like like how he played the pick and roll off ball like uh, if he's the off ball defender and there's a pick and roll being run basically if he's on either side if he's on the strong side or the weak side i like how he defended that and that's about it that's about all i came away super positive on um stone i i know you mentioned you're more positive on the defense do you want kind of want to give the the positive spin here yeah uh i think as an off ball guy i really liked him and his feel in in terms of where he was at uh, I thought he positioned himself fairly well, uh, especially like in between like post-up guys and his man. I thought he did a really good job of sort of taking away that that lane, that pass, uh, and enforcing um, any sort of uh, play inside the paint to be played on the other side of the ball and, and sort of sealing off his end. Um, I think on ball, I'm a little bit more optimistic. Uh, maybe it was just the games I watched, but I thought that he was okay on ball I'm not like a liability but I thought he was um held his own at a certain amount of times um although I do agree that the the physicality aspect was generally I'm, I'm pessimistic on with him um along with a lot of other guys in this class but uh he, he just wasn't uh, able to take a lot of contact or, or bumps uh, in terms of drives or anything like that um but yeah, I, I guess overall, I'm just a little bit higher on the defense. Um, and yeah, I think that Christie is uh, an okay guy to draft fairly low. <laughs> I, I think so. I think that's actually going to be the issue to talk about. Uh, just really fast, I forgot to mention ages. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, is 19 now, will turn 20 in November. So his rookie year will be his age 20 season. Uh, Max Christie uh, is 19 now, will turn uh 20 in february so also is a 20 season but but about four months younger than um than baldwin jr it's important that i mention that because i think age does matter with these guys uh that's part of their sellers prospects is hey they were bad as freshmen but they're super young and they've proven to be effective before that or, or whatever um but anyways back to christy wrapping him up he's just like i i don't think i drafted him i don't know what the cell i think the cell is like elite shooter or something but that's not what he is and that's never what he's been and i think they're like the form from the time he like is up in the air looks great but again i mentioned the shot prep issues and i think the touch is bad like so i'm just i'm kind of just unconfident in the cell for christy i mean i've seen some people with them top 20 and i just i feel like again like i'm just watching a different guy from someone and i've thought this from high school i've never really understood where he's like like why he's so high on boards Again, I hope he proves me wrong, but just Christy's just not my type of guy, I guess. Uh, Coop Stone, do you guys have any closing thoughts? All right, sweet. I think that's about good to move on to someone who I liked a lot and someone who I I haven't, like, honestly, actually, my 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 preseason and current opinions have changed not at all on him. Like, I was kind of lower than him than on him than some coming into the year, and now I'm higher on him than most, And but I, I've stayed about the same. And that's Caleb Houston uh, from Michigan. Um, of course, he's Canadian by birth, 
uh, played high school at Montverde with those uh, th- that just incredible Scotty Barnes, Jalen Duran, Kate Cunningham, Derek Whitehead. Like like th- that team's still nutty to even think about. Um, just a really like uh, I don't know, just interesting guy. Uh, he did not attend the combine. Interesting enough. Interestingly enough, um, I I I I looked and I couldn't really find. He's listed at six eight. I'm going to go under on that, but I think he is legitimate weight size. Like, he is bigger than Max Christie by a solid amount, I think. Um, and his freshman season, I, I think, is not as disastrous as some of these other guys, especially when you consider the Michigan context where he was playing, I think, what is kind of his NBA role, which is uh, an off-ball shooter who had sets run for him but isn't wasn't um, weaponized to be like a playmaker on ball or anything. Uh, he had – you know, 10 points per game on 38, 35, 78 shooting splits, um, you know, 1.3 assists, 1.6 turnovers. Um, as for some advanced stats, you know, 53% true, true shooting, not horrible. Uh, I think that's the best of the bunch we've talked about so far. Um, a a 3.1 offensive rebound rate is okay for his position. 7.4 assist rate to 13.8. Turbo rate, not great. Um, 1.4 uh, steal rate is pretty solid. Only a 17.8% usage. Was it like a super high minute guy? You know, 31 minutes per game, started 34, 34 games. Tr- clearly had the trust of Jawan Howard. I think um, the place to start with him is with that shooting. Um, that's definitely his offensive sell. And I think he's really good. I think he has my favorite form in this whole class. Uh, just really, really buy the mechanics. I buy the shot prep. Like, like that's, the, that's the distance between him and uh, Christy is Christy. I thought the shot prep was kind of bad and a bit worrying. I think Caleb Houston's shot prep is really good. Uh, not an insane movement guy. This just does not have the quick hips or um, just kind of insane touch to be like a high move, like high off movement guy. But I think that um, his like off light movement specifically to his right, getting to, you know, moving towards the right hand where he could catch and get right into the shot looked pretty solid. Um, I think he hits spot ups really well. Uh, I think he does like the sit behind shots really well. Just had a slow start. Honestly, I think that's what this, the sort of questionable number comes from. I think he just had a slow start to the year. Took a couple, like took a second to kind of get going with uh, what he was, you know, what he was being asked to do. And that was just sort of the reason the shooting numbers weren't elite, but I really buy him as a shooter. Um, Coop Stone, are you guys with me or do you have more questions about the shot or, or where are you guys kind of at with him as a shooter? Uh, don't really have questions with him as a shooter. <laughs> I think he's uh, proven um, over the course of multiple seasons that he's really solid shooter, especially as a catch and shoot guy. Uh, contests do not bother him at all, even more so than Patrick Bottom Jr. Um, there's just like absolutely nothing any uh, opposition can do to, to bother him at all. Um, he gets his shot off really quickly. He has a really high release point, which is nice. Um, I, I just, I really, really buy the shooting with him. Um, we'll get into more of what, if at all, he does anything else outside of that offensively. But I think the shooting is something that you can really, uh, or he can really hang his hat on going into the NBA and, and every team can use. Um, and I think that he's really, really good at it. Um, and offensively, uh, he's, that's going to be his bread and butter. And I think he's going to do really well uh, in that, in that regard. So I, I really like the shooting, not much of a, um, a movement guy, as you mentioned, but again, he's a bit bigger too. He's like, I would, I would take the line on the six, eight height. 
Um, and with those sort of guys, you don't really expect a lot of that. So uh, I thought he uh, he has really deep range as well on the shot, which is something I wanted. I had on my notes. Um, there's a lot of times where he's well beyond like four or five feet beyond the arc and, and shooting them and making them. So uh, I think he's got NBA range and, and NBA um, catch and shoot ability. So I think that's something that's going to easily translate to the next level. The release is beautiful, able to readjust well after he gets uh, like if if somebody bothers him. Uh, every single one of his spot up misses looks like it's going to go in the basket. Uh, like it's 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 a thing of beauty. Um, the rest of the shooting, not so much a thing of beauty. Um, there's not very much versatility on the shot, and that's that's kind of my biggest problem. Well. There's like two big problems with Caleb Houston, but that that is my one problem with him as a shooter is uh, just so limited to spot ups, despite being incredible at them. How much does that get you? I think there is light versatility. He, like I said, not insane movement guy. I think you could like he's not like PJ Tucker as a shooter where he can only stand in the corner. No, he, he also is like, he also like moves well without the ball. Like he does, he, like he, he's not like a Duncan Robinson type JJ Reddick sprinting into shit type of guy, but he rises and falls out of the corner. He moves around off of, like around the perimeter. Well, he understands where the ball handler, like it's easiest for them to access him but he's not, you're not really able to run plays for him at all. Right. And that it just makes it tougher to grapple for me. Cause you're like, cause you're not going to run plays for a spot up shooter. They're just a release valve. Um, it's just, it's tough. I think you can run some plays for him is what I'm kind of getting. Like, like I think he come off pin downs and, and he can do those things to the, you again, you can't run like, like a ton of DHOs with them. I wouldn't think, but I, I think Joe Harris is like an apt sort of shooting diet comp because Joe Harris isn't the insane movement guy that like a Duncan Robinson is right. Like now getting to the level of like Joe Harris, like 45% shooter on like super high volume of these spot ups off light movement and such and sort of sidestep things. But I mean, we can go super deep. Like, like I could spend all day. Like I love how Houston, uh, like if he catches a bad pass, I love how he's able to, not he doesn't have to like dribble like sometimes like dudes catch a bad pass they have to dribble or they have to do something funky or they just pass out of it but i like how he's able to catch a bad pass and still get into his motion like i just there's a lot of little things he does where i'm just like yeah like he's just a he's just an nba caliber shooter with size um but the rest of the offenses i think is a bit more interesting um i i like borderline love the passing uh i really think he's an awesome passer um accessing those passes very hard for him not a ball handler at all i mean less bag than like christy right like i mentioned like i have my issues with christy much less bag than him like he'll hit maybe one move he has to do a lot of like the dylan brooks like pick up like one step inside the three-point line to avoid a dig and just do some funky shit with the ball like with my two remaining steps you know like like uh, he has to do that type of stuff and he could be creative with that. Like he actually does really well to kind of Euro step pass, Euro step dump off 
you know, like, like whatever, but like, again, like the handle super limited, but I think the passing is awesome when he gets the ball in transition and he's pushing up, pushing up the court. He makes great reads. He has just a great feel for space in general. I think that's like my biggest, like, like the biggest thing that stands out to me is I think his proprioception is borderline elite. It shows up in his cutting. Um, I think he's just a really good off ball mover. Uh, and that shows up in cutting that shows up in sort of how he understands where, the kind of play is being run. Like if there's a DHO away from him, how he understands where to stand. Uh, I think it shows up in his passing. I think it shows up on defense too. Like elite, elite proprioception, in my opinion, just in terms of how he views himself in space, how he views the open spaces of the floor and where the advantage is. I think that stuff is great. I think he has great touch on his passes. He could throw one hand skips again, despite not being able to access them a ton when he can, like they look great. I just think overall, like I came away really impressed with the passing and the off ball movement. It's just like, the only thing I don't like is the, is the ball handling. The ball handling is just not there. He's never going to do it. Uh, I, 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 there's basically no world where he's a good ball handler, right? Like it's, it, there's just not that upside there. Um, but I think uh, as just a pure connector, he's one of my favorite bets in this class. So uh stone i'll throw this to you how did you kind of feel about the offense outside of shooting uh i think i'm a little more negative in terms of when it comes to passing uh i thought there were a lot of times where he just missed passes that like were there for him to make and he didn't see them um i think we're just in disagreement in terms of what we saw there um i i guess uh that i mean the access to passing too is really a big thing um he uh i mean it's probably up there with patrick baldwin jr in terms of the lack of handle that they both have like neither of them can really do anything with the ball in their hands um both of them have to be like these off ball guys because neither of them have really on any on ball capabilities uh both are you know positive connective passers i think for the most part um i don't think that uh Personally, I didn't think that in transition he was a great passer. I thought that he took a lot of shots that were better um, being passed to another guy that was trailing him or in front of him. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think the handle is really what's holding him back. He's just not going to be able to do a lot without one, um, and he hasn't really shown any of that. Uh, Even to the Montverde stuff, like, there's really no – at least to my recollection, like ability to, to get himself open uh, in half court sets, apart from like some side steps or step backs occasionally, but uh, he's just not really that sort of player. Um, and I think that that really limits a lot of his upside. I yeah, did I, like uh, just a lot of his cutting when the floor was properly spaced, which wasn't often uh, because of Michigan's propensity to run two bigs. Uh, who could half shoot. There was half a shooter between their two bigs. And uh, Houston was basically relied on for most of the season to just be spacing. Uh, But there's a specific game that I really liked against Rutgers where uh, somebody who we're about to talk about, uh, their primary big man who could not space at all, was uh, on the bench. I don't know why, but... uh, He's riding the bench and Houston looks so much more aggressive and able to fight into space and cut off of Dickinson. And 
that is one that's the game where I think his passing looks the best because he cuts into space, draws in the defense, gets the ball, and then passes out of that. Whereas in the games where he's playing with uh, with Diabate, uh, he just there is no room for him to access these passes and there's no room for him to get downhill at all. And I think that's kind of what unlocks him as a player is the cutting and the spacing and, you know, being on a real NBA team with real NBA players uh, like he was at Montverde where he's able to play his high field brand of basketball on the offensive end and just make everybody better with what he's able to do with his ability to, to just be a gravity well and cut and, just be smart, make smart passes, despite not being able to dribble. You know, that's only possible when the floor is properly spaced and you're actually empowered. Um, and I, I don't think that happened a lot at, at Michigan this year. Yeah. I think Michigan's spacing was solid, but he, he needs to be like his playmaking on the move, I think is really good. But again, like it's tough to reconcile that with him not being a movement shooter. And then also, I mean, the finishing is also really bad. Like, uh, not a natural touch guy. Like, I think the shot is mostly because he's like, like worked so hard on the form and repped out stuff at, at each spot. Not that like, he's just a natural touch God because the finishing is like disgustingly bad sometimes. Like there were moments where he's like throwing it over the rim. It's uh, some of that is that there's usually contests there. Like he, he very rare, like obviously he didn't miss like wide open ones or anything, but like, I just don't think he's like a good finisher. So that hurts things as well. So reconciling that is going to be tough, but I think just in general, like, I don't know. I thought he was a quick decision maker. Like I think watching him after Christie was just, I think that's that maybe partly shaded why I'm higher on it because like I watched Christie and it's like, man, I just wish he did like all these things better. And then I get to Houston and Houston does all those things better. Like he's a quicker decision maker he gets into a shot form faster. Uh, the shot itself looks better. Um, he moves better, I think, off the ball. Just like everything I kind of disliked about Chrissy's offense is just slightly improved by Houston. Um, so I just, I, I guess I'm just a little higher there. But uh, do we have any kind of final thoughts to wrap up Houston's offense? All right, sweet. Uh, let's move on to his defense then. Um, I found his defense really promising, especially off ball. I want to start with the off ball defense. Um, I thought his rotations were really good. Uh, I thought how he used his hands were great. Again, not like a great steel guy uh, because he doesn't have the athleticism to jump passing lanes, but I think he uses his hands well. He uses his length and body well. I just, I really liked his off-ball defense. Coop, I'll throw that to you. What did you kind of think of him uh, off the ball? I thought he was uh, really solid for a freshman wing, uh, asked to do a lot. Uh, there were times when it seemed like he was too rotationally sound where he would just kind of let things happen because there's two big men uh, sitting in the paint when he could have made a play on the ball that would have been more effective. Uh, that's really nitpicky, but uh, I think he can get back cut a little bit, but what freshman can't, he's a good tagger. Uh, and like a, as a closer outer and like digging and bugging ball handlers while his guy is still on the wing and keeping track of him for the most part, he was really good at. There were moments where that's weak um, and you could see that he needed improvement, but I think that that's something that you expect from a lot of, of freshman wings. Uh, the biggest thing for Houston is that the playmaking was just awful uh, despite like the rotations themselves being solid, a 1.4 steal rate and a 0.8 block rate. 
for a guy who's six eight, looks like he has like at least like a plus one wingspan or something. Like he is not accomplishing anything. He he is not bugging. Uh, he's not creating any events. Not doing anything like that. Um, and I don't think it's the end of the world because that's not his style. That's not what he's asked to do. Um, but if if you're going to be a like a, a primarily an off ball guy, I want you to be able to create some kind of havoc or bug somebody in some other way than just, oh, here's me kind of lightly bumping you a little bit uh, sometimes. So that was that's it's kind of rough to reconcile those two things for me. I will say I don't think it's actually nitpicky to say about the the reactionary stuff defensively as a rotational guy because uh, I lied. I'm sorry, listeners, but I did have one more note on the offense, which was. I don't think he's at all a like reactive passer. Um, and that's sort of the other thing where I was lower on his passing, where he has very much like this academy brain where it's uh, he has a plan. He wants to execute that plan. Uh, and if the defense in any sort of way sort of like uh, puts any resistance towards that plan, he's still going to try and go through with it. And I think that that showed up in, in terms of what Cooper was saying too defensively. I think that, very much of that is the sort of academy brain element with with Houston uh, that had me a little bit lower. Uh, but in terms of his defense, I thought that off ball he was pretty solid. Um, on ball is another story. I don't think he rotates his help his hips very well at all. I think that's really where the the big deficiency for him is. Uh, I think that he's that's where guys are going to take him to the rim a lot of times uh, when he was put into situations where he has to switch on to someone really quickly. And, and turn around and move. Uh, he's not a good recovery guy defensively, and I think he can get uh, beat off the dribble. But in terms of an off-ball guy, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, and, that, and I think on-ball, too, like it was solid until he got put into those positions. Once he's put in a position where he has to recover or where he has to um, switch on to somebody, I don't think uh, that he's going to be able to uh, make much of an impact there, but I thought that overall he was he was decent on that end. Yeah, I definitely have my issues with the on ball D. Um, though I don't think it's bad. I think he uses his chest really well. I think he's good at predicting like someone's moves without over gambling on it. Like, like you're you're right. If someone hits him with a move, he can't drop step back quick enough. But there are times he's good at drop starting his drop step before someone actually hits the move to kind of stick with him like i think that stuff is is he kind of plays the cat and mouse game well i'm obviously can't get over screens too big and slow for that but i think um he does well communicating on on potential switches and stuff and uh i think he's not a disaster on ball um he just he's not great at it either he's not like a stopper but i think he can be your third best on ball defender and be fine um i like the off ball stuff more than you guys i think i i thought the reactionary stuff was bad early in the year and got better throughout the year. I thought by the end of the year, he was really kind of quickly reading the floor. He had kind of gotten over some of that Academy brain stuff. and was more willing to um, kind of take risk. I thought like I loved, there were a couple plays where um, he like, he'd get switched onto a big man. He'd sit on their hip and then jump in front of the pass. Um, you know, it didn't always result in a steal. Lots of times it resulted in him punching it out of bounds or whatever, but I, I liked that stuff. Um, I thought he did a good job sort of pre-rotating, pre-switching. Um, I just generally think like overall the off-ball defense is really, really impressive to me. It's not elite. He's not Robert Covington or anything, but he's just very, very solid. I think he just understands 
where he needs to be and help really well. He understands. I, I think his best skill on defense is that he understands where the advantage is coming from and what he can best do to mitigate that. If that makes like, I think he's good at seeing it's coming from the top. And even though I'm guarding a shooter, it would be an awkward pass for him to make that pass. So I'm going to dip down and trust my teammate to rise up to that shooter. If he stops to make that pass and I can get to the corner or trust myself to recover. Like, I just think things like that. Like I, I thought on a play to play basis, I honestly think he was Michigan's best defender this year, him or Devonte Jones, honestly, like on a play to play basis, I think he was the best guy there. And, and I think that has value. Uh, and I think just in general, he's a good organizer. You go back and you watch his Montford tape, especially, Awesome. I mean, obviously everyone at Montford is great at, um, is great rotationally, right? Like that was a team full of sicko defensive rotation guys like Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, even Langston Love. Uh, uh, Sophomore um, Derek Whitehead. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, Derek Whitehead. I mean, I mean, Derek Whitehead is a nutty, nutty off ball defender. We'll get to him next year, but like just in general, like he fits that mold. Um, you know, I think he's kind of a quote-unquote low-ceiling guy in general. But Caleb Houston is just someone to me. I watched him, and I'm just like, this is just an NBA player. Like, to me, like, I watched him, and I was like, he's 6'8", he shoots, he does what I wanted to do defensively, he makes quick decisions. He's an NBA player. Uh, is he going to be a starter? I think there's a possibility. I really do. I think he can uh, start for, for certain teams in the right context. Um I just think like people are maybe reading too much into his, his bad, like finishing numbers. And like, he wasn't, uh, he didn't put up elite defensive stats, but I think he's just a very good player. And, and I, and I, I honestly don't get like, like I've seen him mocked like late second undrafted. And I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching again. I just feel like I'm watching a different guy. Like this is, he is uh, 19. He'll turn 20 halfway through his rookie season making high-level defensive rotations, shooting the ball at a high level while being wing-sized. He's a real he's a real three, too. Like, he's not a great mover, but I think he moves well enough to be a three. Like, I don't think he has to be a four. So, I, I don't know. I just completely buy Houston. Uh, everything everything um, about him being an NBA player, he just screams first-rounder to me. Uh, Coopstone, do you guys have any closing notes on Caleb Houston? He's got a great name. Uh, but then also, I think his man defense, it feels – now, I, I just am going to get this thought out there because I could not get it out of my head is that in water polo, uh, whenever you try to defend, uh, you use your hands a lot, right? Like I'm, I'm pushing this dude, I'm grabbing him, I'm keeping him from moving. But sometimes people are really slippery. And so your hands just kind of slide, right? Like you can't get a firm grasp on them. And it seems like Houston is like using his chest so much that guys just glide off of him. Like he's not actually, it doesn't feel, it, it feels, it feels like he's buffering the rim. Like he's, Oh, you're not going to get around me. You're not going to get around me to the rim, but then you, they get to his arm and he can't really do anything because they're like away from his chest and he can't like raise his arm without it being a foul. Um, it feels like guys just kind of bounce off him or like slide down him. And then like, that sounds kind of weird, but like <laughs> slide around him and then are just able to get into good position uh the man defense just kind of drove me nuts at times um but i i i don't know i feel like it wasn't the best context because he was kind of necessary as a shooter and 
uh, like wasn't allowed to cut a lot of the time or when he was, he, there just was no advantage because the guy who we're about to talk about had no understanding of the concept of spacing or offense or defense for that matter. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, Stone, all good on Caleb Houston. Sweet. All right, let's move on to uh, Caleb Houston's teammate, Musa Diabate. Uh, Diabate is old for his class. He's 20. Um, he will um, turn uh, 21 over the course of his rookie season, about halfway through. Um, he's about a month older than me. So, uh, yeah, old, old man, basically, is what I'm saying. Hopefully his knees aren't as old as my knees are, because holy fuck. Um, but, uh, no, in all seriousness, um, had an interesting uh, freshman season. You know, he did measure at the combine, measured in at uh, six nine point, you know, six nine and a quarter, which is which is good. Uh, seven two and a half wingspan. So basically, big man size. You know, you think that's probably six ten in shoes uh, with with a long enough wingspan. Basically, a five. Um, as for his season at, at uh, Michigan, he started in twenty six of thirty two games, um, but only played about twenty five minutes. Kind of came into his own. He had he had moments where. He didn't play a lot, and then he kind of came into it more as the season went on. Uh, averaged nine points per game on 54, 21.4, super low volume on those threes. Uh, 61.9 shooting splits, uh, about six total rebounds, about 0.8 assist, um, and about one and a half turnovers. As for the advanced stats, you know, 57, 56.5 true shooting, not bad, not great for a big man. Like, you kind of hope it's a little higher, but not bad, especially we'll talk about his shot diet when we get there. Um, 12% offensive rebound rate, pretty solid. I, I really like to see that. Uh, 6.4% assist rate, 15.5% turnover rate, only a 0.8% steal rate, 3.7% block rate. The block rate is somewhat muted by him playing next to Hunter Dickinson a lot. He is a five. He is definitely a five prospect, but he played the four on defense a lot um, because Dickinson was there. And, and Dickinson, we won't talk about, but like, He's kind of a four on offense in some ways, though he does post up, but it's sort of like he could space it and they would they would take use that to his advantage. But anyways, as for Diabate, I think the place to start is with the athleticism because I think it's funky. Uh, I think that he is maybe being sold as an elite athlete, and I frankly disagree. Uh, I thought the vertical athleticism was pretty disappointing. Um he can get up there in space. If he's given space off one or two, he'll get up for some dunks. He's tall, obviously long arms. though not like insanely long arms. You know, he's six ten with a seven, two wingspan. That's good. Not great length. Um, but I don't think he's like a lob threat. He doesn't have that type of athleticism where he's like, um, he could go up over you to catch lobs. Um, I don't think he's, I don't love how he runs the floor. He kind of takes his time and meanders and jogs a little bit up and down the floor. Um, don't love that. I, I didn't love his explosion at all. Like he would, he did a lot of triple threat jab stuff and he could not explode out of it. It was almost always one step spin because he couldn't just take a step and get by a guy. He almost always had to counter that with the spin and then another move probably because it's just, he didn't have that type of athleticism, but I think the cell is the mobility. So Cooper, I'm going to throw this to you. What did you kind of think of his overall mobility and athleticism? So I think he's kind of billed as this switch five. Um, and he has fine lateral mobility. Um, he can stick to guys on man when they drive, as long as they don't change direction. 
Yeah, Stone, do you have any thoughts on the athleticism and mobility? Uh, not really much to add. I thought that he, uh, I think the one like real positive for me with him, with his athleticism, was I thought he was a pretty quick jumper, uh, pretty quick to get off the ground. But other than that, I think that there was uh, a lot of concerns with not the athleticism. Uh, I don't think he's like a bad athlete, but in just in terms of how he could be better maximizing and utilizing the frame and uh, what the athletic traits that he does have, uh, I thought it was pretty poor. Um, the execution, I guess you would say, of that athleticism, I thought was was fairly poor. And I think that um, there's a lot to get into with uh, Diabate as a whole and maybe how that you would hope that that develops. Uh, but the problem is he's uh, he's not super young. He's 20, but, you know, he's not 22. So there's that, I guess. But, um, yeah, they're just uh, – I, I think that the quickness off of the ground is probably just my favorite aspect with him as an athlete. Yeah, I thought he got off the ground fairly quickly, but I, I also didn't think it, he was, like, an elite quickly. Like, I thought he was a – like, he load leaped less than Mark Williams, but more than Christian Coloco. For what that's worth, um, if we're if we're creating a scale, um, yeah, I'm with Cooper. I didn't. I actually don't really buy the mobility at all. Like, I, I actually don't think it's that good. Um, the one thing he can do is drop his hips. Uh, he's really good at that. He's he's good in sort of the um, swivel the hips when you're when you're rotating and, and and or when you're guarding on the perimeter. But I did not like how um, if he had to kind of change his cadence, you know, like because you're never when you're guarding someone you're never actually always sliding side to side right there's always going to be a little bit of a switch and then you're you are moving your feet one in front of the other if you have to sprint like i didn't love that stuff i didn't think the recovery defense was great again i actually think he's kind of slow when he's running in like a straight line um i really wish i don't know if it's like a motor thing or what but like he doesn't run the floor very hard and like I hate, like I, it's one of those things. Like it drives me nuts. I played with a big man who never ran the. He was always the last person up the floor, so you had to wait for him to get where he needs to go before we could start our play. It drives me nuts. Just fucking run the floor. You are, you are. It, uh, it's it's one of those little things, and especially Musa, where it's like it feels like he has the athleticism to do it, and he just doesn't. But then I watch him on defense, and I'm like, maybe he doesn't. Like maybe he's just not very fast. Because like if he gets blown by, he's rarely recovering right? Like he'll stick with it. And like, if so say Hunter Dickinson comes over and the guy stops and then tries to do a step through, then Musa can get a block and everyone's like, Oh, chase down, look at his recovery defense. But when you actually watch that play, we got blown by and he didn't recover. Like if it was a more athletic player, he was guarding, that would have been a finish, but he had to stop and, and, you know, whatever. And it's just like little things like that. Like I just didn't really bite as much. And, and, I don't think the on-ball defense is really all that good. Yeah, he's not a good post defender. Um, he uses his body okay, actually, like, but he can uh, definitely get um, abused down low. Uh, I, I think, like, his his rim protection, we just haven't got to see. I think that's the real thing, like, he could maybe be good at is be a good rim protector because uh, we just haven't seen it. He was never tasked as the primary rim protector. Again, like, it's a pretty solid, uh, I think, he, yeah, a, a 3.7 block rate. Pretty solid if you consider him a four. Like, that's pretty solid for a four. But he's not going to be that in the NBA, and I don't know how good he is. Like, we never got to see him jump out of a backpedal, and he didn't do that stuff at IMG either. Uh, didn't super, like, you know, he didn't play as the five there either. So it's 
I, I just don't know. I, I was not super impressed. Coop, what did you think of kind of the defense as a whole? Uh, like you said, like, it, like, like we both kind of said, just it's a lot of big picture is awesome. The details are not awesome. Uh, like there are moments where, oh my God, he's chasing the shooter. Uh, but the shooter is not running off of any screen or pin down. And so he stays glued to him as he moves around the perimeter, but he doesn't change direction. He doesn't shift cadence. He doesn't change his speed, doesn't change his velocity at all. Um, and so it looks like, oh my God, he's, he's like actually able to like play the four chase big shooters. Oh my God, this guy's so versatile. And then as soon as he like, like fakes, uh, he overcommits. And that's my biggest, well, I have like four biggest problems with Musa, but uh he will make a read in like the pick and roll. So like when he's the drop man, he will like see the ball handler go slightly over the screen and he'll jump to try and blitz the ball handler and he'll be four or five feet out of position. And like he overcommits, and then it's just a simple cross for a ball handler who didn't even commit to going that way. They just kind of move that way. And it's a wide open like way to the rim if Hunter Dickinson wasn't there to clean it up as, as you know, the low man, uh, nothing would happen. You know, you know, it would be an easy, easy layup. Uh, Diabate wouldn't be able to, to cover it up. Um, I think he does understand switch as well. Um, like he understands when he is locked in, when he should switch, when he should try to fight over um, pretty simple stuff. Uh and he misreads pick and rolls pretty consistently. Like he misunderstands, like he doesn't see what the ball handler is doing or what the big is doing and, and react to that. He just kind of sees the wrong thing and, and tries to play it wrong. Uh, he can only contest with his right hand as well. He doesn't contest with his left, even if it makes way more sense to do so, uh, which is kind of frustrating for a center because the guy will be shooting and he'll reach over to contest with his right. And he's losing like eight inches of, of contestability. And he's just lost all the time, consistently lost out of position. Doesn't know what's going on. Um, I, I was really low on Diavate coming into this and talking myself through it. I am even lower now because I don't, that is the sell. They, I, I remember somebody had a poll and it's like, if you, you're going to draft a prospect based off of their one skill, it's like, well, Musa Diabates is his uh, defensive versatility. And it's like, just cause you can't do anything doesn't mean you're defensively versatile. Uh, it's, I don't know. I'm disappointed. I came in wanting to see more and I'm, I'm sad. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% in agreement. I just, I think the sell is that he could be like a good drop five, but we haven't seen that. And like, I don't know how good he could be as a drop five. And, you know, again, like, I, like I, I think I mean, he's uh, distinctly bad as a drop because he can't jump out of a bat. Like, he, there's like a few instances where he tries to contest out of that back pedal and he can't do it. Yeah. And, and you're probably like, right there. And that, so I don't know what you're selling him as then uh, because um i mean i'll let stone go on the defense first but it's not like there's a ton of sell on offense so stone are, are you at all more positive on the defense than coop and i i think i'm even more negative i think that he gets taken advantage of on the perimeter because he doesn't have great footwork and i think guys can get past him fairly easily uh, with burst 
he looks the part as sort of an on-ball defender with the frame that he has. Uh, but I think that he's a lot weaker than people perceive him to be. Uh, and I think he gets abused uh, into in the interior, but also just getting to the interior. Like there are guys that just bump him out of the way and, and gets to the rim too easily. Uh, despite the fact that he has like a pretty uh, like basketball attractive frame. Um, and it's just not really functional because he doesn't use it very well. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned that sort of aesthetically pleasing thing. And I think that's uh, a little bit with like the stance, cause he actually does get in the stance. Like unlike a lot of guys you, you try and sell as a switch big, like Musa does get in a stance. He does drop his butt and, and get low and try and shuffle. It just, I, she's just not very fat. Like, I honestly think like the issue is he's just not very athletic. If I'm being honest, it's kind of like, you know, I, I feel bad. Like, and he looks athletic and he has some cool dunk, but even like his dunks, like he never had like any like high flying dunks, right? He wasn't a lob threat. Uh, I just, I don't know where he is. And that takes me to the offense. Uh, I have no thoughts on the offense. Uh, can't pass, can't dribble, occasionally hits an okay, like jab midi, but like the form is really weird. He brings the ball like all the way back above his head and kind of flicks it off like I mean it's like it looks like a big man shooting and maybe he can hit some middies in the down the line but I just like I you know he can roll okay he sets all right screens uh, but he can't like finish like above the rim a ton he's not putting it on anyone's head and his touch isn't great so I I don't really know uh Coop do you have any thoughts on the offense he can't screen low motor um the offense is only good whenever he leaks out in transition, where which is usually when he has a bad contest and then is three or four feet out of the play and then makes the recognition and leaks out because uh, he's not fast enough to like just beat guys down the court. Um, in my notes, I have screens, like how I feel like Bryce would screen in real life, um, where you just kind of put your body there and don't actually make contact on the screen. Never actually seen Bryce set a screen, but that's how I imagine high school Bryce would screen. Um, can't box out. My my go-to thing to set a screen was fake screen and then sprint to the other corner. Yeah, okay, except Diabate is fake screen and then slowly move down into the paint. Um, like an actively bad illegal screener. I think illegal screening is a real skill and he can't do it. Um, touch is bad. Cut. <laughs> Uh, but not really. I think he's just a dunker spot guy. He's not a lob threat, but uh, his best game of the year where he scored 20-something points nearly entirely off of leak outs and transition and dump offs to the dunker spot. Uh, and that's it. And I don't think he's even particularly good at it. He's just kind of all he could do. And he was able to back cut the zone a few times. And then Hunter Dickinson found him in the post because Hunter Dickinson is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's about all. Yeah. 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 We can cut it. Like, like that's, uh, I'm Stone. I'm guessing you don't have much to add either. Uh, I have a little bit to add. I think that um, if he were, I think he's best as a five and he didn't really get to show that offensively because um, Lunter, Lickerton, all the L's that you can possibly put in his name, that's what he is. Um, but yeah, with him on the court, Diabate wasn't able to, um, really like be at his used optimally offensively i think he's a pretty decent interior guy in terms of like the footwork that he shows for as 
bad as it is on the perimeter defensively. I thought it was pretty decent as an interior guy. He has some like pretty crafty finishes. Um, and he has that, the hook shot slash midi shot that the touch is inconsistent, but there's flashes of it, um, which is better than nothing, I guess. So um, I think really he is just sort of, I view him as like this play finisher in the paint. Uh, and I don't think that he, being on a, the court with Hunter Dickinson at all times is really going to be conducive to uh, him being able to, to be optimally used in that, in that role. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's where I'm at too. Like his only chance in the NBA is it's a five, but again, I don't know how the defense is out of that. And I just, just think in general, like, I don't, I don't know what there is about Musa Diabate that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, that's what I'm drafting. There's just no sell to me. He's he's a summer league talent to me who's who's maybe gets a two-way if he really impresses, but Usmani Jiang syndrome. Yeah, a little I at least Usman, like like um you know, I, I think at least there's like at least Usman is like a like an interesting funky mover, right? Like 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 uh, we just recorded the pod with Yosef. This will drop before that. But he was like, you know, like the thing with Usman is like he is a funky mover. And I'm like, you know what? Like that is true. Like at least there's that. But like, uh, like Diabate is, you know, that. So I don't know. I think that's plenty. Uh, I want one last on. one. Last Go thing. ahead. The I think the idea with Diabate is you squint at him really, really hard. And you see Nick Claxton. And that's kind of the idea is that he's this switchy, kind of interesting, big, who maybe has a few different things going for him. Um, but it feels like a lot of the projection with him is he does nothing, nothing stands out. So because everything's kind of at the same level, you feel like it's better than it is kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, let's move on to uh, the savior of this podcast, uh, even though I like Caleb Houston too, maybe even a little better, we'll see. Uh, but someone who I do like a lot and someone who I know Coop and Stone really love is John Butler. Um, and Butler, just, um, you know, a 7-1 wing uh, forward center type, uh, very hard to define positionally, but not in the same way like a Poku was hard to define positionally, but uh, just just funk, just funk, funk master. Uh, some real fun stuff here. Um, played at Florida State. He's 19 years old. He'll turn 20 in December. So not like super young for his class, but not not old by any means. Um, kind of a late bloomer. Uh, someone who I had on my radar out of high school, but I was like, oh, he's probably going to sit on the bench for for two years under Leonard Hamilton and develop like a really, really good five. But that's not what's happened. He Play, I, and, and some of this was necessitated by injury at Florida State because Florida State had the season from hell uh, when it came to guys staying healthy. But he started in 24 games, uh, played in 31, uh, 19 minutes per game, uh, you know, put up 5.9 points per game on 41, 39, 44, super low volume on those free throws, but 44 shooting splits. Coop, Coop is drinking cookie is eating cookies with water not milk what a fucking psycho um but anyways um anyways he did do the combine and he in like had probably one of the probably one of the winners of the combine in some ways because he measured in at 611.75 if you filter for height without shoes he was the third tallest person there at the combine despite again being a power forward small forward center like 
incredible, just ab- absolutely uh, impeccable stuff. Um, really, really impressed with John Butler. Has a, a seven, two and a quarter wingspan. So, you know, one there lost in, in one very specific way. Um, and that's the fact that he weighs 175 pounds at, at seven feet. He is seven feet tall with a seven, two and a quarter wingspan. And he weighs basically 50 pounds less than me. And I'm not like, like, I'm not in great shape, but like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm six, two. Uh, six one so I'm, I'm six one and, and i'm 220 and and uh you know uh i just like in, insane to imagine this nba athlete weighing that little but um, i think the place to start is that he's like seven one and could really shoot uh you know that that 39 from three you know only 2.7 times per game but it's it's real to me i think the shot looks really good um obviously uber high release like what I love about it though is it's not like a trebuchet. It is a moonshot, but it's not like the the off to the side of his head trebuchet look. It's out. It's above his head. It's the normal kind of arm motion you want. Uh, super wide base. Um, you know, not quite AJ Griffin, but almost AJ Griffin. But I don't really care. I think a lot. Basically, all the issues I have with the shot, I think, come down to the core strength, which we'll get into a lot. As I think a lot of the issues with Butler in general. Uh, come from the core strength but I think the shot is really good um, Stone I'll throw this to you what do you think of the shot and then what else do you think John Butler does on offense oh my gosh well the number one pick in this draft is uh, a really great uh, shooter I think that um, he is not versatile and obviously at seven foot you're not going to really be a versatile shooter but I think that um he as a catch and shoot guy when the release point is so high and uh the shot is so pure that it's really like just beautiful to watch um you know uh i i think that uh he moves really well off ball to get himself uh open shots um in the fsu system i thought that he did really well in sort of running baseline or getting uh there's a he's like legitimately a guy you can run screens for and he'll run around and he'll make some nice cuts. Um, even though he's not like a great finisher, which we'll get to, but, um, I think that he, as a shooter, like it's, it's pretty much there, um, especially as a catch and shoot guy and off ball mover. But the, the big concern is like, what else does he do <laughs> offensively? Um, that in and of itself as being like a really strong shooter at his size is huge. Uh, and super valuable, but he, in my opinion, is a bad passer as much as I love John Butler and it pains me to say anything negative about him. Uh, I think he's a, not a very good passer, uh, pretty much relegated to like open perimeter passes, like the guy that's next to him, that's where he's going to pass to. And that's about it. He's not going to do a whole lot else outside of that passing wise. Um, I think that uh, the handle is interesting in the way that Chet Holmgren's is interesting even though Chet Holmgren is probably even better where like in the open court it's functional I think but in the half court it's just not like you're not going to rely upon a seven foot guy to really do much off the dribble that's just not what most guys do I mean almost nobody in the NBA that's that size does that uh, let alone John Butler so I think that um 
sort of thinking that that's going to be a translatable skill uh, is just sort of flawed. Um, but I do think that he is uh, really has a shot to be an impact guy and a really valuable piece for a team just because of the shooting that he has. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that Cooper's a psycho for eating cookies with water. Uh, I think you're even more of a psycho for saying Caleb Houston over John Butler. But uh, Cooper, what are your thoughts with, with John Butler and why is he the best player in this draft? Well, he's the best player because he's a Jay Butler. Uh, I think that's very obviously the reason why he's the best player in this class. Uh, but I think you hit it on the head, the shooting, literally there's not a human being on planet earth who's contesting that jumper. Um, I mean, he, he sets his feet quickly uh, and he moves around and relocates well, uh, but he's really just a spot up guy. Uh, my favorite, my favorite uh, clips maybe from the entire season is Notre Dame attempting to guard John Butler with, with Blake Wesley. <laughs> and every single time John Butler touches the ball, he sees Blake Wesley at 6'5 coming to close out. And he's like, oh, this is just a wide open jumper. <laughs> uh, and it just goes, and he made like three in a row to start the game. It was, it was hilarious. One of my favorite sequences of the entire year. Uh, I think he is an interesting closeout attacker. I think it's, the area of his game that will come around the most as he becomes stronger and uh, not just pack on muscle, but like you're talking about core strength and uh, continue. I think his balance is pretty solid. Uh, and just the way he moves and gets into stuff uh, you could see that he like attack downhill out of a closeout. And then he just can't continue the advantage because he's not strong enough to even like, take a little hit so then he goes up for like these weird little pushy shots from like 10 feet out um or like a pull-up midi that isn't like the ugliest thing in the world but just isn't going to be a part of his game at the nba level um i think he'll grow and as he gets bigger is able to absorb even a tiny amount of contact i think that's the area of his game that'll come around the most yeah so um I think the shooting's good, and that's all I'm really going to say. I, I I don't think there's too much to add there. It's not versatile. Uh, I think he can maybe hit pull-ups in the future, like off like like super simple one dribble pull-up things. But uh, I think the real sell yeah. with him on offense is that he can achieve very funky like shin angles. He can like. He has moments where he's like setting up drives with hesitations and it's nothing concrete yet. Like there is nothing there with any of that that is actually leading to anything good right now. But you see a seven, one dude who shoots well from three and who I think is going to continue shooting well from three, who can achieve the shit angles. He does get bend around uh, defenders the way he can at times. Uh, and then occasionally can set up like hesitation drive stuff like, Oh, okay. Like you, you've piqued my interest. You know, you have my, you have my attention. I think he needs to go to a team that has a very, very specific understanding of what he is athletically and plans to develop that. And that's my biggest worry with him. Um, but I think that man, like some of the shit he does as a seven, one guy, you just don't see like just like human beings that big just don't do that. Like there's this I watched the Notre game. The Notre game game was his best game. Um, I think 
it's very very uh, the uva game was very good too very informative for me but i think the 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 uh notre dame game was probably his best game and like there was this one play like he has the ball in transition semi-transition like there's defenders back and he has nate lashevsky on him uh who is not he's not like a mobile big man right he sets up like he's gonna pull up lashevsky pauses for a moment he goes again he has this move if he were to go to his left hand that like basically anything with a pickup with a cross he'd either get a pull up or he'd get to right to the left hand with the with his right to the rim with his left hand but instead he kind of takes one more dribble to his right hand misses the shot he does get the tip in he gets points out of it but it's just kind of like like oh so you have like like the baseline of you can maybe hit some moves and and do something with the ball he's definitely has a bit of that academy brain like like that you can tell it's a move he's practiced where it's like fake pull up drive getting right to my right hand right instead of fake fake pull up drive oh he's taking away my right hand get to my left it's just this is what I practice. I'm going to my right. You know, it's like, it, it's not like he's reading, but he's still like, again, for a 7-1 dude to fucking do that at all, it's still like worth something and still valuable. So like, I think there's that bit of cognitive dissonance for me. He's not like an advantage. Like this isn't Leonard Miller, right? Like when we watch Leonard Miller, we're like, oh shit, like he's a ball handler. Like he does things like that's not him, but like, I think the South Butler is he's going to shoot and he could potentially attack closeouts. Well, um, man, I wish he could pass. Like, if he could just make, like, some simple kickout reads, it'd be a game changer. Like, and I think that's maybe something that can develop. I, I'm That's not out of the question. But, uh, you know, he's, he's raw offensively, right? He shoots. He does some things no one else his size does that don't lead to much. You have to hone all that. You have to turn that into something. But I think there is upside there. Um, let's transition to the defense. I think uh, that's probably the more interesting side of the ball. I split it into two parts. I think it's really interesting. Coop, let's start with the on-ball stuff. Uh, what do you feel about his on-ball defense? The on-ball was kind of the weaker end of the ball from what I think it'll look like at the NBA uh, because I think he's going to play the four at the NBA as much as I don't think he should. I think his best on-ball moments were against guards and smaller guys who even if he gets bumped out of the way he's just so long and still so able to move like he he can't get blown by by guards because he can turn his hips and swivel enough to where he's just still kind of enveloping them it's kind of chet holmgren-esque where oh no chet's not a great perimeter defender but he's the greatest (laughs) young recovery defender at his size that we've ever seen uh like he he's smart enough to stick with strength-based creators uh some of them at the college level he's not getting like for a 175 pound guy he's not getting flung into the third row of the stands um it just it seems like he that his problem is more positioning than physically being able to keep up with guys uh and i think positioning can get fixed uh, I think that's something that you can learn. I think that's something that'll develop. Uh, like he has all the physicals. He has all the raw tools. They just need to be honed as an on-ball guy. Uh, but I don't even think that the on-ball stuff is as good as the off-ball, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, so I found the on-ball stuff um, kind of up and down. Uh, he is mobile. Like, like it's, it's not like Diabate where it's like he's not actually mobile at all, uh, but he's not like 
that mobile I guess. like he's not switching on to guards comfortably right like his sell is that yeah he's gonna get beat most times but the recovery defense is really solid um he does like kind of over overstep and over gamble at times i think that's a pretty big issue um he's like uh he's like too easy to set up for blow buys right like he, he needs to be more disciplined on ball. Like, the footwork needs to be better. But I think the movement skills are good enough, like, to be a true switch big. Now, I think switch big, switch one through five, like, I think those are terms that get overused. But I think he can be a quote-unquote switch big. And I think he can comfortably, once he puts on strengths, guard threes and fours, like, on the perimeter. Like, I have no worries that he can stick with, you know, obviously Tatum's going to get his buckets, right? But, like, he could stick with a Jason Tatum you know, and, and contest those shots. Um, but yeah, he's a little too easy to set up for drives right now, but I love the recovery defense. I love how he uses his length. Like, I think he just, like, his arms are never by his side. They're always out. He's always poking and, and prodding at the ball. He's really good at understanding when he's blown by that he's getting that hand up ready to swipe out at the ball, never down. He can foul, like, um, what do you foul? What was foul average? Yeah, only one point, only about two fouls per game. Not horrible, honestly, if we're being honest. So, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I thought his on-ball defense was fine. He's not a stopper, and he's probably never going to be a stopper, even when he gets more strength on. But just being able to do it at all, again, with his size is fascinating. Uh, Stone, do you have any thoughts on the on-ball defense? Yeah. Uh... I think I disagree, honestly. I mean, not in terms of him being a stopper, but I think I think there's, like, definite optimism for him to be able to be a guy that he can comfortably be, like, switch on this guy for a certain amount of time. Like, he, I think he can guard guards for uh, a certain amount of time. He is so long. The thing with, with Butler that makes him such an insane mover, um, at least I... I think I sort of figured it out. I mean, you can never fully figure it out because it's such an anomaly, but he, uh, his, he's so light on his feet and he is able to sort of just like change where the directions of his feet so quickly. Um, it, it is really like amazing to watch. I've, I put it in our, our upside swings chat, but like I've never seen a guy his size move on his feet the way that he does uh it really is like incredible and i think that that leaves the optimistic room for him to be able to to be a guy that can switch on a perimeter um and you're you're fine with that as a coach um i think that the physicality aspect is something that is gonna he's gonna struggle with um if you are switching him on the perimeter i think you have to make sure it's not on guys like uh Harden or Kawhi or Luca, like super strong guys, because he's just going to get eaten alive in that regard. But um, I think uh, you're spot on with the recovery. Uh, I think that he is one of the better recovery defenders in this class. Um, he's so long. And I think that uh, he's a really good rim protector. Even um, if you were to be put as like a primary guy, I think he's a good rim protector in terms of rotations and where he needs to be. The problem, again, is the, the frame and the physicality aspect. Uh, there are some instances where guys just finish through him, even though he's in the he's doing everything right. He's contesting, he's vertical, he's doing everything you want him to do. 
but that he, there's just nothing he can do to really compensate for the lack of strength. Uh, and guys go right into his core and are able to sort of push him off balance and get uh, get into his chest and, and finish through that. But there's other times where it just looks really dominant and he's able to come from the backside or the help side uh, and really protect the paint or even as a primary guy. And he's able to just stay vertical uh, and time it just right to where he gets his hands on the ball at the climax of the ball um, and is able to you know, swat away that shot. So I think there's a lot of room for him uh, defensively to grow but I think that there's a lot of what you saw at least what I saw at FSU this year that makes me think that um, he's a really good defender and I think that people people think that John Butler's like this crazy um, he's two years away from being two years away sort of guy where there's he's so far away as a project that he's going to really struggle to get playing time early on and I think that may be true um, earlier on in like his rookie season. <clears throat> but I think that the shooting translates right off the bat. And I think that uh, coaches are going to really respect him defensively. Um, even if that he, he, I don't think he makes a ton of mistakes defensively. Um, and a lot of it is strength-based. And I think that he'll get reps because of that, even if he's not going to be playing, you know, like uh, right off the bat as like a 20 minute a night or 15 minute a night guy. I think that he will, in certain contexts, be able to crack a rotation because he does bring certain things from day one, and he's not as far away as a prospect as I think some people perceive him to be. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's more than fair. The core strength is the big thing. Right? Like, like, he has to be stronger than he is right now to play at the NBA level at all. Like, this isn't Chet, right? Like, like Chet is skinny, but Chet is functionally fine. Like, Butler is too skinny to play right now. And I will say that I would want to be sure, like, I'd want to talk to my physio staff, like, listen, can we add weight to him? Like, what is the reason he's so skinny? And I'm, I'm not super worried about that by any means, but I do think that is something I'd want to be sure of. Of course, we aren't going to have access to that intel right now. Um, Coop, what did you think of the off-ball defense from Butler? So the off-ball defense is kind of what is the mega appeal to me um, because you can stick this guy on like on on like a, a wing or a, a guy in the corner and he turns a third or half of the court into a no-fly zone. Uh, like there are a lot of, of like points within games where the – the pass that the point guard wants to get to is a skip pass. And it's like, oh no, John Butler is the wing defender on this skip pass, not even like the forward defender. Um, and oh, now I can't make the pass because John Butler has completely sniffed out my attempt to make this skip pass. Or I want to make the kickout pass here, but John Butler's like six feet away from the pass. So it's still impossible because he's so long and so fast that he's going to intercept it. Um, they're just, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of an old uh, Jay Kyle Mann video about when, I, I guess Thunder's on the brain, but when, when Russ and, and Paul George played together on the Thunder and how they would just basically use athleticism and gambling and just force you to throw the ball to them basically over and over again uh and it's kind of the same thing where 
Butler is just so big that, and the rest of FSU is so long that if you, like, unless it's a bailout pass, if you want to try to make a real read anywhere near John Butler, it's just impossible. Um, and I think that that's kind of, that's something else that I think maybe not to the degree that I'm describing will be a thing on day one, but I think that he just clogs passing lanes to such an incredible degree that because of the mobility, he's, he still kind of has that baseline. And then the rim protection instincts are just incredible. There are, are block shots that no human being should be able to get from where he starts and like rotates in from, and he, rec- he has great recognition. And I, I, it's just incredible. I think that that if he is actually able to put on 20, 30 pounds of weight in the NBA, get it, being able to be someone who's a wing corner and like a, a weak side rim protector and an actual rim protector who can do all three of those things effectively and like to an outlier degree while still being able to guard the point of attack because of that mobility. That is fucking nuts. Absolutely fucking nuts. Like unprecedented defensive uh shit i got through that whole bit and now i'm forgetting the word um defensive versatility that was uh that was wonderful um i'm definitely lower than you on the off-ball defense i liked it i thought it was good i'm not that high uh i think okay so the one thing that really pops uh is that he boasted a 7.5 percent block rate despite playing mostly as the four in a switch everything scheme. Um, that tells me that the rim rotations are crisp and the length is good. And yeah, that shows up on tape. Uh, he sometimes over rotates, uh, but in general, really, really, really enjoyed how he plays when he's rotating at the rim as a backside rim protector. I mean, it's Jaden McDaniels-esque to me, like, he moves super well, very fluid, not super fast. Like he's not like a great burst or straight line speed guy, but he gets over there in time, makes plays on the ball. Um, he can get shoved out of the way, but for the most part, like he like keeps guys in front of him, blocks shots. Like I just, I, I like, I just really, really dug everything with his rim rotation. Thought it was great. I thought that um, it's really promising to me because I want him to be a four. Like, if I'm drafting him, it's because I'm like, you can be a my four. You don't have to play the five. You can play the four. And I think, yeah, he like like he can be that backside rim protection four. Super, super valuable archetype to me. Um, I don't know if he can be a five. Like, I don't think he jumps out of a backpedal well. Uh, I think you'd have to be more creative with switches and stuff. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think there's need to complicate that. He's a four to me. And I think he does the four stuff very well. I think he could sometimes be kind of um, a bit disengaged. I don't even know if it's disengaged. It's just like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes he's just kind of off. And, and there's also times he overthinks things. I think watching the Virginia game really, really like there, that was maybe the most vital game I've watched for any prospect this year in terms of just understanding what they are because so Virginia runs the movers and blockers right for those who don't know two bigs in the middle kind of three shooter ball handler types who are kind of running all around that's their offense so because Florida State does switch everything they try to do this top locking stuff they try to um be kind of uh pre-active uh pre-switching pre-rotating uh 
preactive, I think is, is the term I would use. Like they're trying to be, or proactive, not preactive, proactive in terms of beating this scheme with their scheme. Um, and you got to see him, you got to see the highs and lows of how he processes and how he tries to execute scheme. He is very committed to scheme and trying to execute it. And I love that. I think he did a great job of that. There are times where if two guys go to, if he went to say, say he's top locking on a blocker, he steps out to a mover, but the screen was never actually set by the blocker. So the guy stays with, especially Warley did this a lot where he stays with the shooter and wasn't super impressed by how um, Butler played in that kind of scramble. Uh, I think he, like he kind of did that to a lesser extent than Terry, but he kind of did the Dale and Terry, Oh, I messed up. Well, I guess the play's over and stop playing thing. I hate that. Uh, but it, he didn't do it a ton. It's just, I think that game is super important understanding what he is defensively. I think he can be a very, very high level off ball defender. Uh, I don't think it's, he's like super elite at anything off ball other than the rim rotations, which I really like. Um, Stone, where are you at with the off ball defense? Uh, I don't have a ton left to add. Uh, I think I'm actually for as high as I am on John Butler, a little more pessimistic in terms of the, the rim rotations with him as an off ball defender. I thought that uh, there are times where he was a bit late to them. Uh, again, he's so good as a recovery guy and he's so long that I think some of that is mitigated. Uh, but at the same time, it kind of left me wanting a little bit more in terms of uh, being a little bit more cleaner and precise as a, as a rim rotation guy uh, and in the interior. Um, but yeah, I don't have a ton left to add as an off-ball guy outside of that. Uh, I think you guys pretty much covered it all. Yeah, sweet. I think the overall consensus is that Upside Swings likes John Butler. Who would have fucking thought? I mean, 7-1 <laughs> guy, funky mover, shoots a little bit, does cool things on defense. Who would have thought Upside Swings loves that guy? Uh, never in a million years would have guessed it. But no, we love uh, John Butler. He's the first rounder for me, comfortably. Not a lottery guy. Um, we'll get into exactly where we rank him later. Uh, I think there is some downside there, but in general, just so fun, so easy to root for. And he, he might technically be a lottery guy on my board, I guess. There's only 10 guys I have lottery caliber in this class, and I haven't gone through and ranked that next year, but he's in that next year. Uh, of the type of guys who I would love in the 15 to 25 range, but he's that that range is not that big this year and uh, he's good. So there's that Uh, moving on to Trevor Keels, Um, Trevor Keels from Duke. um, I think started off the season with a lot of momentum and it was just a slow fall from grace. It feels like, like early in the year, he was getting top 20 buzz. He was uh, kind of all over people's boards um you know i like there were some who were like oh man like early in the season and i'll agree with this people were like he's not the best but he's been the most impressive duke prospect like in the in those early games um and it just didn't really translate uh consistently so trevor kills came in at six three point six three and a quarter i keep saying six three point and then having to correct myself because i don't like to say six three point two five six three and a quarter with a six seven and a quarter wingspan um so you know not huge not small just kind of you know he that's kind of point guard size but also you can squint and say he's a two which is good because i kind of thought was worried he was maybe smaller um is bigger thicker body 221 is the listing um i'm not all for you know body fat percentages i'm not going to even say those out loud because i think they're um i think they're kind of bullshit and and 
almost in a healthy way and sometimes so I'm, I'm not going to deal with it but in general he's he's thicker he's a thicker guy uh this year at duke is sort of the fourth option averaged 11.5 points per game I, I i guess third option would be more fair uh him and jeremy roach kind of split third and fourth um option roles uh 11.5 points per game on 41.9 31.2 67 shooting splits uh 3.4 rebounds 2.7 assists 1.2 steals, 1.2 uh, turnovers. Um, for advanced stats, 52% true shooting. Not great, especially, again, when you consider that he was the third option. Um, you know, uh, okay, rebounding numbers, not great. Only a 14.8% assist rate, but only a 10.1% turnover rate. Not a turnover guy. 2.4% steal rate. Only a 0.2% block rate on a 20% usage. I think the place I want to start with kills is defense, because I think that's the sell. It's that he's a really he's a dog, right? He's he's got that dog in him on defense, and then he uh, hounds guys and all that. Coop, what did you think of the on-ball defense? I thought it was solid, but a lot more flash than function. Um, he's a fake full court defender, which is probably my biggest pet peeve. If you are going to pick somebody up full court, then fucking do something, please get into his jersey. Uh, Go bug, like, try and disrupt the dribble. You are playing the ACC ball handlers. Like, please do something. Um, I think he's solid in ISO. Um, I think one of the better things that he does as a man defender is that he doesn't foul a ton. Um, he's not a super high fouls guy. Um, um, I think he's better as an ISO defender than he is as a pick and roll defender. I think there's kind of this idea that he could be like a point of attack guy who fights over screens and defends from behind. And I don't think that's him. I think he's fine defending isolations and can contain drives with his strength. He's just like, he's closer to a wing defender, but he's small. He's at least strong though. And is incredibly young. Uh, That's, something I think he'll be 18 on draft night still. Um, and I think he's strong enough to where he can guard up uh, to threes. I just don't think that he's like a point guard Drew Holiday type defender that he kind of gets sold as because the screen nav isn't nearly good enough and the, the contesting from behind isn't good enough. Yeah, so I actually disagree that I actually thought the pick and roll defense was better than the ISO defense. Um he uses his strength really well, uh, and I think the footwork is is solid, but his hips aren't very fast. That's where I found the issue with his on-ball defense. Like, he can get blown by more than you would expect for someone who's sell as the point of attack defense. Like, I, it, it catches me off guard how often he is letting someone get by him and get right to the rim. And, um, you know, like... See, it, he plays at Duke. Well, but... Even I, I, I put a tweet out there where it's like Mark Williams wasn't back there and he got completely set up and crossed by Sean Padula from Virginia Tech, um, who is not like an elite athlete, right? Like good ball handler, but like, I mean, come on now, Trevor Keels. Uh, you got to be, I think you got to be on your stuff more. I think Padula is a good player, but uh, giving up straight line drives with no rim protection behind you. And that was at half court that that move was hit too. So it's like, I don't think the hips are very fast is what I'm getting at. I think he's actually kind of stiff, um, but he is strong. He does try uh, and he 
gets away with some fouls too. If I'm being honest, he gets away with a lot of arm on you, uh, shove you a little bit. I'm, I'm reaching, but not quite reaching. Um, he does do kind of step gambles and, and that can work. Okay. I think that's part of what gives up drives though. Uh, I just think in general, it's just kind of hit or miss. Uh, there's nothing I love. There's nothing I hate. It's just like, I, I think the cell being his on-ball defense and it not being like awesome is kind of indicative of, of how I feel about Trevor Keel in general. But uh, Stone, how do you feel about the on-ball defense? And then if you want to be the first to transition us to off-ball, how do you feel about the off-ball defense? Uh, on-ball, thought he was pretty solid. I think that um, he... Uh, Against size, held up a decent amount, actually. Um, he is, uh, like you mentioned earlier, pretty solidly built, and I think that helps him uh, in a lot of ways as, an, as a point-of-attack sort of guy. Um, Off-ball, I think that he uh, was fine, honestly. Like, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, I was super into it or not into it one way or another. I thought he was just sort of, like, uh, as the kids say, mid on that end. Um, there's not a lot of like, uh, eye popping stuff, eye popping type stuff, uh, in any way. Uh, and that's fine. You know, if you can hold your own, uh, as an off ball guy and be a positive positional on ball guy. then I think that, um, that's enough to make me like you a fair bit defensively, uh, offensively, another story, but I think defensively, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the off-ball defense very much, to be honest. Um, it's hard to say how much of that is Duke and how much of that is um, is him, but I I didn't love it. Uh, specifically, I just don't think like he – I don't love his court mapping. I don't love his general feel. It's not bad. I think he's a good decision maker. He doesn't over-gamble. Um, he doesn't um, – you know, he doesn't make mistakes in rotation, but he also like – doesn't just do anything honestly off the ball like he doesn't really he's not in passing lanes he almost never digs which is really for like just stunt and dig a little like do something instinctual and it's not that he's not active it's just he's just not doing it it's like it's like he has like like he just doesn't have that like natural feel for playing off ball defense um and i also think just like the playmaking is just not there he's i mean he's a straight up bad athlete if we're being honest like that uh, 0.2 block rate is just like that's worrying I mean Adrian Griffin's block rate this year was not great right like another was Paolo's like there were block rates issues with everyone on that team except for uh Mark Williams but like I I don't know there's something specific about someone like Keels who's who's thick with long arms getting no blocks basically throughout the whole season again six seven and a quarter wingspan pretty solid for a six three guard getting no blocks throughout the season that i'm just like oh man that's it's really like a turnoff for me with his off-ball defense and i think it just played out on tape he's just not a playmaker i don't think his rotations are so good that he can get over not being a playmaker. he's kind of just like a like you can stick him on like an off ball shooter and he'll do all right. Like he did really well guarding Hunter Couture for Virginia tech. Who's like a movement shooter type. Like, but he, you can't stick him on. Like you can't have him go play free safety and he's not gonna like even do the, the, the smaller things like big and, and stunt and, 
and all that. He's kind of always just focused on his man first and foremost. Uh, Cooper, are you mostly with me with that off-ball defense evaluation? Yeah, falls asleep, gets back cut a little bit, um, which is fine. I talk about it. I think with literally every single prospect, they all get back cut, especially the young ones. Um, But my biggest problem with his off-ball defense is that he will gamble and then float around doing nothing. Um, So he'll gamble himself out of a play and not scram and not do anything. He'll just kind of stand there and slowly drift towards the basket and then slowly drift back out. Um, I think he has solid ball denial whenever his guy, uh, whenever they don't want his guy to get the ball. I think he, he does that pretty well, just a little, little thing like that. Um, and then whenever he's actively like scram and, uh, and like rotating in a scram situation, I, I think he's got solid instincts there. Um, but it's, there's just too many moments where he ends up getting disengaged and just floating around. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about good on the defense. It's good. Not great. I think um, it's solid enough that if he's a good offensive player, uh, there's something there. So uh, stone, what do you think of Trevor Keel's scoring? Uh, <laughs> it's really weird because um, I, I, I know a lot of people uh, have said that, you know, he's been like, labeled and sort of built in high school as this elite catch and shoot type guy um he was not that in college uh and i don't really know where to say or where to point to and say like this is why um i think that he had a lot of really good open looks um the form looked fine to me and shots just did not drop for whatever reason uh i i really like uh Maybe one of you guys has a has a better viewpoint on it, but I can't really pinpoint anything as to why that was the case. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I watched uh, any uh, Trevor Kills high school film, so I can't really say that, um, you, that something drastically was different from, from then to now. But um, to me, it just looked like he was a fine catch-and-shoot guy and shots didn't drop. Uh, I don't know why. Um, as far as uh, the everything else scoring wise not really like um much of a scorer i i think that he uh struggles as uh creating separation for himself uh i thought that we'll get into more of this but he's like a really bad passer i think and um not able to really leverage the scoring with that uh i think that he uh between not being able to score uh, or create for himself and being like not a great catch and shoot guy. I think that there's just a lot of red flags that sort of come along with that for me. Um, especially when he's not really this sort of combo guard either that a lot of people label him as, um, there's, there's just a lot of questions I have with kills and I don't really feel confident in any of the answers, uh, from what I saw throughout the season. So I'm, I'm somewhat lower on him offensively. Yeah, I think Kios can shoot for what that's worth, uh, but not, like, a ton. Like, I think he's going to hit spot-ups, but uh, the footwork on pull-ups looks pretty rough. And um, the he just shoots a flat ball, and it was always almost always short this year. He just missed a short a ton. Uh, the free-throw number does worry me. Uh, I don't know. Like, he has a track record as a pretty good shooter throughout high school, but uh, 67% is not great on only 2.7 attempts per game, like did not get to the line very much. And in, in my film watching, a lot of it was in like the final two minutes of games, like getting fouled, you know, on purpose. 
Um, so like he's not a guy who's going to get to the line a ton. Uh, but I think the shot will come around to it at okay level. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's ever hitting off the move or anything, but I think he can hit spot ups. Uh, it's slightly, it's kind of a low release. I think he'll probably be bothered by contest a little bit, but um, I don't think he's a non-shooter, but yeah, I mean, just like what else he does on offense is just a, a tough question. Like I don't buy the ball handling much at all. It's kind of herky jerky and, and kind of loose and he creates zero advantages like ever, like unless it's just a, like he gets a really good screen and gets right to the rim. He doesn't create advantages. He's good at semi transition. Like I think like his, his, his burst isn't great, but his acceleration is, if that makes sense, where it's like once he can get like third, fourth steps in space, like he gets up to a pretty solid speed, but not super fast and not super bursty. Um, and then he can't finish above the rim, like at all. Like he's just not an above the rim finisher. Um, he is pretty poor um, around the rim, honestly. Not at all impressed with that type of stuff. I just think he's a generally poor uh, athlete. And like I mentioned on the defensive stuff, like can't really finish above the rim. Uh, can't really finish at all, if we're being honest. Uh, can't really pass. Uh, I don't buy the ball handling. He's basically a bet at like a three and D guard who isn't yet great at three and who I think the D is only okay. I'm, I'm kind of talking myself even more out of keels to be honest. I just, I don't really see it. Uh, Coop, do you want to give me your thoughts on the offense? Yeah, I think he's a, a good closeout attacker, uh, a solid power finisher. He's not like super crafty, but you know, shot 61% at the rim uh, on only 41% assisted, ac- according to Bart. Um, I think he has a solid understanding of spacing, how to move within spacing, and then just random flashes of like shit just all the time. Uh, he'll pull out one dribble pull-ups and, oh, that's pretty smooth. He looked comfortable. He got uh, solid elevation. He doesn't turn the ball over, makes solid uh, connecting passes, moves the ball well. I think he can just be a cog uh, in your offense. I think he changes pace well, but he doesn't change direction super well. Um, he misses a lot of easy reads, but there's like, I'm not like actually like the primary pick and roll ball handler, but I'm the secondary or tertiary ball handler. And this is a cool pick and roll read uh, that really makes zero sense for me to be pulling out right now, especially when I miss like 14 other passes that look exactly like that. Um, To me, it's just a lot of cool flashes, solid enough production, uh, as a three and threes and rim attempts guy who's strong, who can maybe guard one through three. Uh, and then you hope to get that free throw rate up, the free throw rate and free throw attempts, just awful. Um, like a 0.276 free throw rate. So one free throw attempt for every four field goal attempts, just awful for someone who finishes like so physically around the rim all the time. Um, but you just like to see like 41% assisted at the rim. He is like 60% of his rim attempts are self-created. 
finishing at a pretty solid clip. I think that there is something there as an off-ball guard. I don't think he's a creator. I don't think he's anything like that. He's just young, has a fine role, can kind of do stuff. And there's a couple different paths forward, even if he's not the most athletically able, he's solidly strong and solidly mobile. Thanks for giving me the positive. Um, Do we have any other thoughts on Trevor Keels before we move on? Just that I think that a lot of the passing troubles that he has is he telegraphs everything. Like teams really know exactly where he's going to pass right before he does it because uh, he's very non-deceptive in that regard. Uh, And I think that that's what is going to limit him from being more of an off-ball guy that uh, already struggles to create space. Yep, absolutely on the same page with you there. Um, Let's rank these guys. Uh, As always, I'll go first so I don't put you guys on the spot. Um, So I don't have anyone in this group like in my lottery but I do have two guys in sort of my mid first bets. Um, And those guys are Caleb Houston and John Butler, literally back to back on my board right now. Uh, Don't really care. I I, I think I'd be um, cogent to either one going ahead of the other, depending on what you need. If you need a backside rim protection four who might take a little bit longer to contribute, but you're fine with that. John Butler's the guy. Uh, If you need someone who can maybe play a bit earlier, but is still young and is on a good developmental timeline, uh, who's more of a three, then I think Caleb Houston is a great fit. So those are the two guys for me that I draft there in my late first talent, which I have that as the title of my tier, but it's more so supposed to be like, I'm happy with these guys in the second that I'm targeting these guys in the first type guys. Um, And that's uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. I know I'm the highest of this group on him, but I still really buy him. Um, And then in the next tier, there is, no one from this group. And then in the tier after that, there's Max Christie hanging on by a thread in draft pool range. Uh, that's my last draft tier, currently 46 on my board. I project to probably have about 53, 54 draftable players. Um, so, you know, he's kind of hanging on there. Uh, and then in my top undraftable tier is Trevor Keels. Uh, and then a couple tiers down from that where I stop ranking by uh, like just best of overall, and I start putting into positions. I have uh, Musa Diabate and my best of the rest, best of the rest bigs uh, behind guys like Fabian White, Kevin Aluma, Paul Atkinson Jr., Carlo Matkovich, and slightly above Walker Kessler. So that's kind of uh, giving you an idea of, of just where I'm at on Diabate. Uh, Stone, do you want to give me your uh, ranking of these guys? Yeah, so I have the god, John Butler, um, number one. I was kidding. Uh, but I do have him late lotto currently. Uh, and then I have Caleb Houston as sort of a priority a second-round guy for me. Um, and then after that, it's uh, it's pretty bunched up. Um, we have uh, – so I have Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, and then – Max Christie, uh, Trevor Keels, and then Musa Diabate, all sort of um, bunched together. Uh, the the first three I have like late forties, early fifties. Then I have Diabate as sort of an undrafted guy. Uh, some are past sixty, probably somewhere in the seventies or eighties. Um, and that's that's sort of where I am with those guys. I have John Butler in my late lotto guys uh, tier. Um, 
with the departure of Leonard Miller from the draft, he's solidly a lot of level guy. Uh, in my priority seconds, I have Caleb Houston and Trevor Keels. And then in my uh, what the fuck am I supposed to do with them tier, which is Nikola Jovic and Usman Jang. I have Pat Baldwin. And then in my draftable, but I wouldn't do it tier. Or no, actually, I don't have anybody there. In the UDFA fellows tier, I have Max Christie and Musa Diabate. Uh, Musa Diabate below noted upside swings favorite Evan Batty and uh, Stone Hansen favorite James Akinjo. So um, that should, he is one step above. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Ochai Baji, but he'll probably move down after I talk myself even lower on it today. So I think Ogbaji is better than uh, better. Than yeah. Than yeah. Right. Thinking about it critically uh, for longer than four seconds, I'll, I'll probably move him. <laughs> you don't have to put down. too much. You don't have to put too much effort into your UDFA guys. You don't have to be a crazy person like me who spends more time adjusting his udfa tiers i've literally added two tiers so i could feel better about my my udfa rankings so uh i'm i'm going crazy you, you are a i i am i am 90 asleep and you are more psychotic than i will ever be it helped. like yeah <laughs> i have i i like i i was talking about like ocd is not the right term right I, that's an actual medical thing that i don't have but i have a a very real compulsion about uh being complete with things do you like are I, you like a video game completionist i don't really play video games that okay, much so like, not really but if i did if i was like like i've i've i gotten all the fucking riddler trophies in the batman games if that's what you're asking that's, yeah like, yeah that like, sounds yeah like a, like a completionist but that's part that's part of why i avoid video games that don't have anything to do with superheroes because like if like i'm playing through spider-man for the third time right now and like i have to get like a hundred percent in it before I start another game. Like I have to like, so I, I'm like that with the draft in some ways where it's like, I, I'm very, and I'm very like conscious of that. These guys are, are human beings. And uh, I, I don't know, there's something about like separating them on those planes that I think is important because they're not just numbers on a, on a, like on a big board, right. They're more than that. So uh, anyways, is, it's, it's weird, long-winded, but speaking of undrafted guys, uh, let's go into um, some some tail of the tape. Uh, my guy, the top, the my first guy, I have two guys, Coop has two guys, Stone only has one guy, so maybe this won't go too long. My first guy is Daquan Plowden from, uh, from uh, Bowling Green, uh, 23 years old, uh, will turn 24 before the start of next season, so obviously older, and that's always a worry. But man, did I have a blast watching him. Uh, watched him against uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. And then I watched another game just to make sure that uh, I, I liked what I saw. And, you know, steady improvement over his collegiate career. Um, 15 points per game this year. Not super efficient, but was tasked with taking basically all the tough shots for Bowling Green. It was him and, and this, this like tiny white kid. Uh, that's who took all the tough shots for Bowling Green. Um, but I think the real sell is like, like he's an awesome two foot leaper, like really impressive stuff for a six, six guy, 4.3 block rate, despite playing primarily as the two, three, um, has got it for some great dunks, great, great kind of 
contortion finisher. I think he can shoot. The form's a little funky, but if he can really shoot, then he's a guy for me. Like he's just straight up a guy. Um, maybe not NBA because again, older and development pathways and timelines are really important. That's something like, you know, as much as we talked about Tevin Brown, how much I love him. Like I wish I would have acknowledged just a little more that he is older and that is a worry for me. Like I think age does really matter in the draft when you're team building, like it does really matter to get guys on timelines where you have time with them to develop as they're hitting their prime, because there is always going to be a learning curve going into the NBA, whether you're 24 or you're 21. But if you're 21, you are going to go through that learning curve at the same time as you're improving your skills, rather than if you're 23, 24, you have to go through that learning curve after you've kind of reached your, your peak skill set wise, more or less, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the issue with older guys, but really like Plowden, think I'd give him an, uh, a summer league invite to see what he could do. Again, I mentioned the importance of having backside rim protection fours who can space. Uh, that's Plowden. He is in my, I don't, I, ha- I haven't titled it yet. Like I haven't titled it this because there's other types of guys, but he's definitely in that maybe PJ Tucker tier that I mentioned with Jericho Hellums, where it's just like, fuck man, if I can get my hand, if I can get my hands on PJ Tucker, I, I would do anything. I, I would throw a million two ways at guys I think could be PJ Tucker until I actually figure out which one of them is the next PJ Tucker, because I think he is that important to team building like that type of player. So I'm a PJ Tucker sicko uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Daquan Plowden. Uh, you should give him a watch because even if he's not an NBA guy, he's fun. Uh, Coop, do you want to do your first guy? Yeah, so we'll start with my favorite name, uh, Flandris Fleming Jr. out of Florida. <laughs> Florida Flandris Fleming Jr. Say that 15 times fast. Um, so he's a 6'5", fifth-year senior, uh, played most of his college career over at Charleston Southern, uh, like a wingy guard type who I – his what really stuck out to me was his defensive playmaking – a 2.6 block rate, 3.2 steal rate for a 6'5 guy. That's kind of nuts. Has some awesome hair. Uh, pretty solid free throw shooter who just can't shoot anywhere else on the floor. It's kind of weird. And for an older His guy, his form is funky. Yeah, it's weird. But it, like he's like an 80% free throw shooter over like over the last four years, basically. Uh, on pretty solid, like, that's about 500 attempts, no, 400 attempts over the last four years. That's a pretty solid sample. Uh, it, the problem is that the three-point shooting is on just as solid a sample and at 30%. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure about it. Uh, true shooting of only 50. Uh, can pass the ball, doesn't turn it over a ton, but uh, just an elite defensive playmaker at the guard spot can lock up or play team defense. I just really enjoyed what I saw. I love the intensity. I love what he brought to the floor. I think he's someone who's worth a, a G League roster spot in the um, not not maybe PJ Tucker, but the the maybe Tajay Moore role because we need more Tajay Moores uh, for me to obsess over in the G League. Yeah, I, I, I Fleming is probably not an NBA guy, but he is fun. Uh, just defensive playmakers um, really think he'd be valuable overseas. Um, or Stone, do you want to go to your guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have Eli Boomer Bricks. Um, he is currently 23. Uh, I think I'll be turning 24 here in a few months. Um, 
listed at six foot one. Uh, I think that's mighty generous. Uh, he's probably closer to five ten than he is six foot one, but um, pretty interesting shooter, I would say. Uh, watching Michigan, obviously Caleb Houston was their best shooter, but I think Elon Brooks was was steadily number two there for them. Um, I think that there was some upside with some movement stuff there, more so as like a trailer, but um, I think he had some versatility as a shooter nonetheless. Uh, not a great finisher, but he had a uh, pretty good touch, I would say, um, just not super versatile. And again, the, the size is really a hindrance in that regard in terms of how much or, or what ways he could finish in. Um, pretty much that's his offensive game, honestly. Like that's, that's Eli Brooks in a nutshell. Uh, defensively, it's not giving you much again. Uh, very small, uh, definitely probably a liability in like any sort of playoff situation, but um, just found him interesting. Uh, not sure if he'll end up a top 100 guy for me, but um, he he has some uh, some shooting that is um, yeah pretty solid. But I think for a guy his size, it's going to have to be elite for him to really stick. Yeah, uh, Brooks is all right. He's like a. I think he's probably going to be a good two league point guard. Uh, he actually kind of does remind me of like a weirder version of Xavier or less weird version of Xavier Simpson. So uh, I'm going to talk about the guy, uh, the the Michigan point guard who I think has a better chance to be uh, an actual NBA player and, and was maybe the second best prospect on that team uh, this year, in my opinion. Uh, and that's Devontae Jones. Uh, listen to six one. I actually think he might be taller than that. Uh, I think he could be like six, two, you know, six, three, even like maybe that's just because he's thick but he is thick um, spent four years at coastal Carolina before uh, going to Michigan this year. Um, just had a really solid year. I think like uh, at, 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 at uh, coastal Carolina, who's more of a high volume score, right. He did play make a lot, but this year he took more, he took on more of a playmaking role, averaged 4.6 assists, only 2.2 turnovers, real like rim pressure guy, like can actually break down a defense and get to the rim. Not always like a threat to finish, though the floater touch is very nice. Um, but the passing is legit 29.5% assist rate to only an 18.7% turnover rate. Uh, runs a great pick and roll. Um, I, I just think like he's a guy, like he's 24 already. That's an issue. Um, he he just turned 24, so he'll like his he's basically not that much older functionally than like Eli Brooks is who's technically 23 right now. Like their age 24 season will both be the same, but uh, I just think that Jones really like popped for me. I don't know. I love the touch. I love his ability to run a pick and roll. Uh, I think he can make most passes. I think he's a solid defender. Is he necessarily an NBA guy? Probably not, but I think he's a solid bet at a backup point guard in, in, you know, we're going to talk about in our next pod some backup point guard bets who I like less than him, if I'm being honest. There's a couple guys that I like less than I like Devontae Jones. So uh, take that for what you will, but I, I, I did enjoy him. Coop, do you want to do your last guy and, and round this out strong? Yeah, we're going to be going with my other favorite Florida player because um, Colin Castleton is not in my top list of favorite Florida players. And it is six, seven, Anthony Deruji, uh, fourth year senior. Uh, y'all know how much I love my, my old wings, uh, 2.4 block rate, 2.3 steel rate, solid. Uh, 
uh, not like eye popping in any way, but uh, I think that the film, I, like he looked better on film as a defensive playmaker than the numbers really seem. Uh, just super overwhelming physically uh, on both ends, 31.9 free throw rate doesn't really pop, but that's 61.8 true shooting uh, after, <laughs> after in his first year at, in a power five conference with a 48 true shooting, that is a 13% uh, true shooting jump. And he shot 70% at the rim uh, on only 50% assisted as a six, seven guy, which is, in the SEC is is pretty impressive. Not a whole bunch of attempts, only played uh, 50% of Florida's minutes. But I think that he's aggressive, bouncy, kind of a do-it-all, uh, funky, interesting, wingy forward bet. Uh, like a UDFA, bring him into summer league, see if he's actually anything, and go from there. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think Yerji's fine. Um, he has a weird thing where he would be laterally quick if he could like not let his arms slow his momentum all the time. It's really weird. Uh, it's, it's like a super easy fix, I would think, but like, he's constantly like slowing his momentum by like flopping his arms around. Like he's one of those, uh, those cat, uh, car sales, fucking, what do you call them? Tube guys. The Um, The Gumbies. Yeah, like the, the Gumbies. Yeah, um, but yeah, this has been great, guys. Um, you know, I, I hope uh, I hope y'all of you our evaluation of these guys is fair. Obviously, it's tough with uh, you know only one year of kind of mediocre college ball for all of them. But I think um, I, I hope you guys take the time if you are if you consider yourself an evaluator to go and watch their high school tape. As uh, you know, we did that. I think it's very important. I think. Lots of scouts miss valuable context by only watching college tape. Um, and I think uh, it's important to go back and watch other stuff. So um, I think that's about all I have for Coop at Alley underscore Oop underscore Coop. For Stone at Report underscore Court, I'm at Bryce Edric 14. Give us a like, rating, review. Be sure to tune in on draft night. Uh, hopefully, Stone, uh, we can get this tweeted out soon. But um, we are going live. We'll go live probably about 30 minutes before draft night. Coop and I will go through our all handsome teams uh we'll kind of do some some predictions um we'll talk about fits for all the draft guys and then we'll get into it it'll be it'll be time uh i'm very excited for the draft uh you know last year we didn't have a ton of people in our in our twitch room but it was a really special occasion to be together um i hope we can get a few more obviously i know there's some competition and there's going to be some other guys who i understand if you want to go check their stuff out absolutely i get it but uh you know for for our niche i think I think uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, the three of us. And and uh, so, yeah, be, be ready for that and check us out and give us a like, rating, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, this has been the Upside Sweezy VA Draft Podcast. We hope we're ceiling. Thank you. We once again like to thank our sponsors at globalshopsolution.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at globalshopsolutions.com. Thank you.